friends, this is the Be Real Babe podcast, a place where your average Canadian wolf pack come together to talk about life stresses, messes, and successes. Each week, we will bring you new episodes sharing our experiences on a ton of different topics in hopes that we get a better understanding of ourselves, each other, and this crazy world we live in. We want to build a community where we can show up as ourselves, be real, and lay it all out there. By sharing our experiences, we hope to reach others who can relate so we can all help each other learn, grow, and heal. But please keep in mind, as a disclaimer, none of us here are professionals, no one is giving any advice, we are strictly speaking of our life experiences and for entertainment purposes only. Now with that being said, it's time. So grab your drink, grab your joint, and let's jump right in. Welcome everyone. Welcome to the Be Real Babe podcast. If this is your first time here, thank you so much for stopping by the show today. We hope you have a good time. And if you're a returning listener, thank you guys so, so much for continually coming back, sending all the love and all the support. My name is Brandy and I am the host of this crazy wild show. And today, y'all, we are on episode 48. And this is kind of a surprise in between topics episode and this is one that is super important to me you guys I obviously cannot share this experience because I've never been through it personally however that being said this is something that I wanted my whole entire life dealing with body dysmorphia you know and if I would have had the money would have could have would have done the thing um anyway so today guys we're going to talk about something called breast implant illness now there's a lot of uh commotion about this movement because you know a lot of people are just saying Uh, And this is kind of a typical tune that we hear and you guys have heard this on the show many many times is you know It's not a real thing. You know, it didn't happen to me or I know someone so it didn't happen But y'all like everyone's okay to their own opinion and to each their own and you know on our show We're all about informed consent So this is where we kind of struggle here when it comes to this topic because we feel that Those that are getting them actually aren't informed about the potential risks and hazards and as we see now We're seeing a lot more women coming um, out saying that they're explanting them because they're having issues with their breast implants Now if this is something that's gonna be triggering for you I completely understand if you don't want to listen to the show But we have two guests today that are gonna come on and they're gonna share their experience of when they've got their implants how that felt how they felt when they got them out and the whole journey in between everything so that we can get more people in the understanding that it may not happen to everyone but it can and if you're sitting here struggling and you kind of have something that would be an invisible illness you're not sure what the fuck is going on not saying that this could be it but this is a potential and if you follow the stories if you look at the hashtag bii breast implant illness there's tons of girls coming out talking about it and you know people like mel robbins even is coming out getting hers done the fda you know we'll talk a little bit more when we get into um with talk with the guests but most importantly guys we just want everyone to be informed we don't believe that you know it should stop anybody in their tracks from doing what they want to do to live their best life however people like me who are just the most sensitive beings in the world you know i would have ended up in a situation where i probably needed to explant as well so feeling very very blessed that i stumbled across this um, research and this movement before i made those steps to alter my body in a way that i probably would have regretted personally for myself not for anybody else, you know, um, especially when you start reading into it a little bit more and see some of the potential risks and some of the struggles women are having with their bodies when it comes to autoimmune diseases and, you know, just uh, especially women in the fitness industry, the story is kind of over and over again. You hear, you know, they kind of plateau after a certain time, they can't figure out what it is and they have brain fog and they attribute all of these things to prep and to all that stuff to come down that, you know, they do everything right and they're still not you know, not doing it. Like there's uh, influencers, Emily Duncan, um, 
fitness lioness, Sarah, those are the girls that I actually follow for the first time. Um, I'll share them all when I share this episode as well for you guys. And they kind of just brought awareness to me. And now I'm kind of just on this mission where it's not obviously I'm going to stop everyone from doing them more so just to inform everyone, because I definitely would have been those per- that person, you know, explanting is not cheap. So especially if you're in the States, I don't even think they have coverage for that. I'm not sure what it is in Canada, but I guess we'll find out in this episode. Um, but you know, like I just want people to be informed of what's happening with these procedures, especially when they're so glamorized, especially when, you know, so many people are like, Oh, it's not that big a deal. It's just a little surgery. Da da da. Well, some of these women nearly lost their lives and you'll hear that firsthand today, um, in this show. So again, I want everyone to be, and I want to really drive this home and reasons why we haven't really touched on these subjects because we don't want anyone to ever feel judged or like we're coming at it like you have to be a certain way. By no means, but we really want to make sure that these women's stories are highlighted on our platform because they're real, they're honest. And, you know, a lot, some of the times when people come out with survivors and we're seeing this lately with, you know, other topics that anybody that comes out that says survivor forwarders has had you know problems with it people are just shaming them which i find is super wild like why are we shaming victims why are doctors telling them that this isn't it you know is it then you have to start questioning morals you know is it is it do they really care about health or they here just for the money because you know every 10 years they're probably gonna have to get those replaced and if not you might get them explanted like is it a revolving door again where we see in the beauty industry the same kind of with the pharmaceutical industry and again where like things are great and there's so many benefits but then there's the evil people that kind of take it over and kind of perpetuate this like oh you need to have it you need to keep pushing keep paying the money 10 grand every year 15 20 da 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 you know again do whatever makes you feel good but I would hate it if I missed out on the opportunity to share these stories and say someone and especially in our community went and had something done at 10 years five years down the road something bad happened to them you know I'm not saying that but I, we do believe in the ripple effect for sure in the show. So just, just showing another side, you know, and maybe, but definitely what we'll do is have another show that maybe explains girls that have had, you know, plastic surgery or implants where it had a positive outcome, you know, to have both sides. But today the rest doesn't matter. Today it is about these two babes sharing their real story about breast implant illness, um, from beginning to end. Um, so, uh, trigger warning again, I'm going to say this one more time. I'm sure there might be some, you know, uh, talks about surgery or even just like the mental aspects. So make sure you're in a right headspace and let's jump on to our very first guest. All right, babe. So we're going to get on to our first guest. Now, our first guest, you guys, I have been fangirling over this beauty for quite a few years now. She is literally this little gem of energy um, in so many different ways. And when I wanted to come on and do this topic, she was the first person that came to mind because I know she's been so vocal and getting it out. And she is really an authentic person. She aligns with all of our morals. So without further ado, our first uh, guest today is Bella. Hey, babe, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on our show to talk about BII today. I have been so excited all week. (laughs) Oh, good. I was just like, and honestly, like I said, before we got on here, I was just like, you know, this girl's in prep and I've never been in one myself, but I have a lot of uh, competitor friends and I'm really a fan of how you guys are all badass. And I'm like, oh, I hope there's time. But I also know for you, this is a super important topic. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just going to go for it. And I'm so glad that you're just as excited to come on the show and share um, about uh, this journey that you've been on over, I guess, the last couple of years, I would say probably. Um, But yeah, before we get into a little bit more about breast implant illness, do you want to give the community just a little bit about who is Bella and why I'm so obsessed? (laughs) Yes, I would love to. And by the way, thank you so much for having me on. Um, So my name is Bella Harrison. I'm a certified mindset coach. I really believe in 
um, being a stand-up person in your community as well as empowering other women in general. Um, there are just, there's just so much negativity right now in the world and all I try and do on all of my social media platforms is just try and encourage like positivity. And as you said, I'm a nationally qualified bodybuilder. So in three weeks from now, I'm going to be competing at the Van Pro-Am. Uh, so I'm super stoked about that. <laughs> You'll hear us fangirling you quite a bit over the next couple of weeks, by the way. <laughs> we love to cheer <laughs> our okay. fans on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And you, um, and then you, uh, you do hair, right? Like, oh, did you say that already? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I do, um, I am one of the officials for the CPA shows as far as doing hair extensions and hair styling. And I'm all about beauty and own a local salon here in Calgary called Weed Life. Oh, I love it. And I've just, honestly, it's just one of those things, um, that is you watch from afar and you just watch women that are just like going for it. And even if you've had your setbacks, like just to watch from back, you just keep pushing. I think that's what so many people are drawn to you for is that energy of like, just never giving up and going after what you want, no matter what. And like, you have the control to, to make your reality what you want. And I think that's amazing. And that nothing stops you. And I just I find that personally super inspiring. Oh, you're gonna make me tear up. Ah, sorry, I do this sometimes. I don't mean to. It's That's just okay. so much truth. <laughs> and too, like, and sometimes I think we get so caught up in our own lives and going through shit that, you know, we don't see ourselves as uh, other people do in those lenses, you know, and it's always so nice. And I think, like you said, the world is so hard right now. And we forget just even those kind words to someone in just two mm -hmm. seconds that that took me to say can change so much in someone's life. And that's why I love following you because you're always bringing that happiness, that positivity that, you know, and I think that's so important right now. And as if more people focused on it, I think we would all have much brighter days. I mean, it is hard, but <laughs> we can make it better, right? A hundred percent we can. That's uh, the goal. <laughs> so obviously I'm going to have you back on for more times. This will be your first one. Welcome to the addiction of podcasting. Um, we'll have more topics <laughs> because um, definitely when it comes to uh, prepping and all that mindset is super important, I think. And we definitely want to dive into that more. But today we're going to talk about breast implant illness. And although I don't have the experience, I've been... I'd say fell down the rabbit hole. Like I just tripped up on Facebook one day and I was like, what's breast implant illness. And I like pressed the hashtag and I came up with, I believe her name is Nicole um, on Instagram. And, and I'm not a part of the Facebook group, but she was sharing so much about this. And I was like, what is this? And I just, for the last two years have just been following a lot of pages and a lot of people going through it and just blown away because before this, I had no idea it was a thing. Um, but before we get into your experience, can you explain to those, um, since you've been through it better said than from me, what breast implant illness is to your understanding? Yes. So in the same way, when you have an organ transplant and you have to take anti-rejection pills because your body might reject that organ, uh, it's the same thing with breast implant illness. So basically your body is not used to having something foreign in it. And it's having an autoimmune response to that item that's in your body and it's attacking it. And it causes, you know, various issues. Everybody is a little bit different, um, but it's it can be pretty serious. Yeah. And it's wild to me when I was watching, um, reading all these posts and seeing all these people like coming to the realization of that's what was the answer to so many things and watching them before and after, like really opened my eyes being like okay and I don't know if this is the same for you but at that point I was like okay what 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 else am I doing in my personal life that could be affecting me in ways that I didn't even know because it's just such a normal thing that everyone just it's you know a lot of people mm -hmm. are have it and they're fine right and mm -hmm. then I started like 
not trusting some things, but that's a whole other story. Um, how, how did you personally find out um, about breast implant? Was it a fall down a rabbit hole? Was it something that personally happened to you at that moment? That's how you found out? So I had a client of mine, a hair client that had been dealing with some issues with her implants and she had mentioned it to me prior. So when I went in for my consult with my surgeon, I did ask him about it. Um, I was told by him that it wasn't a real thing, that it wasn't an issue and that, you know, I could put them in and they were a hundred percent safe. So I was aware of breast implant illness, but uh, I just kind of didn't really take it seriously at the time. Yeah. It was more kind of like, well, that's it. And I think that's fair to say for so many things that we do in Mm -hmm. life, right? Like we know the risks and we're like, okay. And then it's, you know, it's not, mm-hmm. and I don't mean this in a bad way. It's not a problem until it's like, oh shit, it can happen to me. And I think that yeah. happens in so many things. Like, you know, people, some people let's say don't wear their seatbelt until maybe they get in an accident. And they're like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe I should put, you know, just things like that. Um, so how mm-hmm. old were you when you got your implants? What was life like before you got them? Uh, so I was 32 years old when I got them. Um, I was doing very well at my business and I just had some extra money sitting there. So believe it or not, Um, For me, breast implants weren't something that I really, really thought about my entire life. Uh, They were just kind of something I'd noticed in the bodybuilding community. Most women that were at a national level, and I was nationally qualified at the time, I had just won my show, had implants for symmetry. And um, so prior to that, I actually loved my natural breasts. They were small, but they were beautiful. And I just thought, you know, I have the extra money, might as well do it. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like, and I'm not in the industry, but I do feel that's, uh, there's a, not a lot of that because it does give you, quote me if I'm wrong, kind of like uh, that figure shape that you're looking for, not figure, but kind of, you know, yeah. I know I'm really chested and the more uh, flat chested. So the more cardio I do, the more they go away. So I definitely mm-hmm. wouldn't have anything on, up top. Um, yeah. So to me, I feel like that's part, a little bit a part of it, maybe not, but <laughs> there seems to be a lot of focus on that. And so I think that would be one of my biggest worries of being like, well, I just have nipples. So I'm not sure how this is going to work personally. A hundred percent. I always used to joke when I would go into a show that I had an eight pack, I had a six pack and then two on top. Um, (laughs) And like, I'm fine with it, but I'm just like, it's just for me. It's like, I don't know if I fit that look of what, you know, that's supposed to be. I don't know. I'm not, I love chocolate too much to do that, but you know, like, (laughs) But that's good to know. Like for me, it was, like I said earlier, it was something that I just, and I don't know, I talk about, I don't know if it's a society thing. Cause I don't think it's fair to put everything on society. But for me, it was just like, I didn't feel as feminine just as a woman because I didn't have boobs. And that was something from like day one. I don't know why my, because my mom probably has like the largest cannons. I got really ripped off here. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's just, it's good to know that that's something, you know, that wasn't um, something that you were wanting your whole life. And then it happened. And it was not that it's good that this happened to you but you know Mm -hmm. like I'm glad it wasn't something that was like a dream crushed for you necessarily um and that Mm -hmm. you know you're okay to go back to your pre-sized boob because it wasn't something you know that you felt that you were necessarily lacking it was just yeah it's a thing people are doing it and a lot of people do Mm -hmm. yep and I think that's great like I love looking at all of them I'm so jealous of all of them um Did you, and so outside of that, um, of doing it for bodybuilding, were there any other reasons? Did you feel like it would make you feel more a certain way or was it just strictly for just the aesthetic purposes? Yes, definitely. I was super excited. Um, So I'm very feminine looking for a bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. Um, As you, you know, get into the sport and you put on that much muscle, femininity is, it's hard to keep that look. Um, So 
it was very important to me to get those so that I could still feel feminine because I'd gone from a natural, like a large B to a double A. Yeah. Um, so there really w- wasn't anything there. Um, what's funny about it though, is that, and we can talk about this a little bit later, but um, prior to the surgery, because I did have an emergency explant surgery, um, which I'll kind of dig into, but um, I had significant scarring as well as um, significant um, puckering and, and issues with my breast, my natural breast after. So what was interesting is my dream. However, my boobs never looked the same as they did prior to me getting them in. Um, yeah. So living, living with the fact that I spent $11,000 to get these implants in and then half a year later having, you know, deformations of the breast tissue was, was it's been hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. And I didn't mean to like disclaim that at all for sure. Like that is definitely. Oh, no. Um, but mm-hmm. that's uh, that and that's so true because I do think you look like a like, like, sorry if this I know sometimes I'll say this like, oh, you look like this cute little thing. And people are like, don't offend me. I'm not cute. But honestly, you are just like this adorable little bodybuilding fairy like that would <laughs> kick ass, you know, like that's what and you know, so I totally agree that that's not something that was lacking for you too. Right. But you do feel like I feel like that's what I would go for is that if I got them, I would think that it would make me feel more like a woman. And unfortunately, just the way that my brain is wired, I honestly don't think that would be the end goal for me personally. um, Because I'm just the way I'm trying to be live a more natural life. So I think that would be outside of and not aligned with who I really am. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, that so that's just like my personal journey. Um, But yeah, I definitely would feel that getting them would make me definitely feel more like a woman. Um, Mm-hmm. but I don't know. Cause I just too, I'm too afraid. I'm too afraid to actually go for it. So, and every, and we need all different, we need all different people having different experiences. Right. So, yeah, um, yeah. that's, uh, I'm, I'm glad that you've made it through. So a year and a half. Okay. That was going to be my next question is long. How long did you have them for? Um, and was life, what you thought they would be once you got them? Um, so I, I hope I only had them in for five months actually, but, oh, five um, months. oh sorry. Yeah. Okay. It was okay. But um, so I had, I had my implants in for five months and they looked incredible. It was the happiest I've ever been with my body. My clothes fit differently. I had more confidence walking into a room um, and I was just super, super excited to get on stage with them and to have, you know, better proportions for the sport that I was in. Um, So that, all of that was exciting, but I definitely knew within 24 hours of getting them that there was something wrong. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. was one thing I noticed is everyone has different timelines, obviously, because everyone's body's different. Some people, like you said, I've noticed say like, no, it was like immediately something was off from day one. And I just never put two and two together. Did you in that moment think that, or you're just like, oh, it's, it's just surgery, you know, like this is normal. Um, I actually thought that there was something wrong right away. So I reached mm-hmm. out to my surgical team and let them know, you know, I have an entire rash all over my body. Um, they thought that it was because of the anesthesia and I just wasn't healing the same. My, um, my incisions weren't healing the same. I felt super lethargic and, um, I already have fibromyalgia, which has an autoimmune component to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was flaring up as well. So I knew that my body was responding to something, but the doctor and the team kept telling me, no, there's no way that it could be your implant. So I actually, I uh, just kind of let that thought go and, and thought, you know, maybe it was just me being a big baby. <laughs> <laughs> always, us women always think that, don't we? We're just like, oh no, we're just, we're just being weak. And it's like, yep. no, no, you're fucking yep. hurting. And that's, that's yep. facts. And that's okay. Yep. <sighs> yep. Oh, we're always. terrible. We gotta get better. We gotta get better at this. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 
And two, when you're, and, and I think that's such a common theme. It's a really unfortunate theme. And again, I always have to say this because I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm knocking medical professionals. I'm not, but it's just super frustrating when you have all these women that come on the show and they're like, I had this problem and I brought it up. And I think that this was the problem. And they told me that's not it. And then I went through months, years trying everything else. Um, and to come back to the original conclusion that no, in fact, I was right. And it's just it's super yep. frustrating because, and it puts people's fucking lives at risk. Like you are one of those people. And it's just like, I'm not saying that we know, but I feel like we're pretty in tune. It would just be nice to be like, okay, let's, let's rule that out. Yep. Instead of just saying no, let's rule that yes. out. Like, is this a possibility? If we put it on the table, you know, at least it's on the table, let's rule it out, but not even to put it on the table. Like, no, that's not it. You're like, excuse me. <laughs> Like oh. I had issues of when I was a child with birth, not child, that whoa, not child, teenager with birth control. And it was never any, it was never the birth control. It was everything else. And I'm looking mm-hmm. back, I'm like, it was the fucking birth control. Well, oh yeah, exactly. Like, but, and you'd say that, but they're like, no, it's not. And it's just, it's super frustrating. So sorry. That's my little side rant. Um, but uh, obviously medically your body was like, no, fuck you doctors. Here's what's up. Yes, a hundred percent. It was, it ended up being a life or death situation at the end of it. So yeah, I so, am glad we figured that out. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you said that you were explained that, you know, kind of the breast implant illness, but do you feel like they really explained to you what the risks or was it just kind of like a procedural, like when you go to get your wisdom teeth out, like, Oh, this is what's going to happen. Da, 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 you're fine. Bye-bye. Yeah. So actually at the time that I had my implants in and was having these issues, um, was at the exact same time that the FDA was having hearings with all oh. of the breast implant companies. So um, there was a major recall done on implants the month that I was in the hospital. Um, and so now there's a lot more literature on it and they've actually put black box warnings on all implant products where surgeons have to get you to sign a waiver as well as discuss it with you. But at the time it was not medically um, I don't know, recognized, Required. I guess you would say. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, no, I was not explained at all that this could happen, even though for the last 30 years, they have over 400,000 documented cases of breast implant illness just with the yeah. FDA alone. So, right. Isn't yeah. that wild? And I think that's what mm-hmm. kind of blew my mind is when you actually start getting into it and you start researching it more, especially in those groups that are sharing all of that. And then you see yeah. videos from like the 80s of these women being told that they're crazy. And they're like, mm-hmm. no, this is the thing. And it's just like, it's super frustrating where it's just like, I just wish people were listened to, you know, and it's not for mm-hmm. everybody. And some people can have them for their whole entire life and they're okay. And that's awesome. That's okay. But people should know. And I feel like anything that you're going to do, that's going to put you in a life or death situation, um, depending on how your body would react, whether you're one in a million, you should still know that that's what's going to happen because you know, if, if you go into it, I don't know, I just feel like that's just, just unfair. It's just unethical to it is, yeah. lead someone and especially to take it, not take advantage, but then you start wondering like, what is behind this? And then you start really questioning, like, why wouldn't they care about people's health over, you know, let's say for lack of a better word, beauty or, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. ah, just, ah, sorry, that pisses me off. Um, <laughs> uh, so, oh yeah. I you get are that. Not... I've been very pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is uh, fair. Uh, it's uh, felt. It's felt, and I haven't even gone through it. So I'm just like, I'm so glad that we can have these conversations and that they're happening now. And I always, and I think you feel this way too. You always have that feeling of like why you're here. And to me, I know I think this is something that you've reiterated probably for yourself. Like you're here to help voice this, right? Like 
It's yes. so unfortunate that you went through all of this. I'm so glad that you got through it. And I'm so glad even more that you're taking that and using that as fuel to be like, okay, listen up fuckers. This is yep. a, a problem and we need to stop not talking about it because it's an uncomfortable conversation for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sorry that it might trigger some people. I really am, but uh, it's neat. It's not fair for the survivors of it and the people going through it. That's how I feel. A hundred percent. It's not right. So it, yep. you, you guys all deserve just as much to talk about it, even though it might not be happening to uh, people, it's still happening to a decent amount actually. Um, mm-hmm. And if there's any risk involved, I want to know about it. And people voicing it like you have saved people like me being like, okay, you know, weighing the pros and cons, like, is, do I honestly feel like this is going to make me feel better? I've come to the conclusion. No, I still have lots of work to do. I'm not saying the work's not there, but it's just different work. It's like, okay, well mm-hmm. then I have to like figure out why I feel like I need those things and rah, da, 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 da. Um, at yeah. this point, yeah. I kind of just want to pay for therapy to help work through that. Um, if that's an avenue, um, instead of going through that and being, you know, potentially die. Um, so surgery, so we'll get to that. Uh, wow. So the surgery you knew right away, you've let everybody know. And then it took five months. Like, um, I've heard some girls say like their fitness, like completely has like, they plateaued, like no matter what they did, they couldn't like advance. I think yours was probably, was it too quick for you having them in to out to notice a difference in that portion of your life? Um, so I was actually so sick that I wasn't working out at all. Ah, so, so <laughs> yeah, it definitely did. Um, I went from, I won my class at my show. I had my implants in six weeks after I won my show. So training six days a week to absolutely nothing. And then within the summer, I started collapsing. Oh my gosh, that is insane. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So um, that, so I didn't really put this in here, but like, leading up to getting them explanted what were some of the things that were happening that you noticed um that were like what the fuck this isn't normal besides I mean collapsing and not going to the gym (laughs) those are normal but I just want Um, people to understand like how quickly and how many things happened and can happen yeah so after when I spoke um with the surgeons after because I ended up having to see an internal med doctor and I was part of a case study because of it um Mm -hmm. The first thing that they said to me was um, all of the symptoms that I had usually happen in people with breast implant illness, but they happen over a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, be- mine was a little bit rushed probably because of my autoimmune and also because I was so healthy going into getting them in. I had just yeah. competed. I'd only been on clean foods. There was nothing toxic that was being you know, put into my body to putting them in. So that, you know, that definitely might have played a role. Um, yeah, but the, the biggest thing I noticed was I was, um, I had brain fog. I couldn't concentrate on things. I was getting headaches, um, muscle aches, and eventually it turned into, um, tremors, um, lots of anxiety. And then I actually had uh, stroke-like symptoms. So it's called Epsom bar where yeah. half of your face kind of stops working. And I have videos of that. So I was posting those on my Instagram and being very open because at the time I didn't know uh, what this was. Um, and then within August, um, I was in so much pain that I woke up one morning and I had, just to give you an idea, I had cracked through my number two molar grinding my teeth from the pain. Um, and so they had to do an emergency extraction of my molar and I was in the hospital nine times in nine weeks before I was admitted for 11 days and that's when I almost passed away 
that is fucking intense. And you're like, what is going on? Like, that's a pretty fast turnaround. Cause you're like, and then, and for you, like you said it, you were so clean and you're so healthy and all those things. Like, were you through mm-hmm. that whole time immediately? Like you didn't think about your boobs at all. Did, did that ever like, were you like, hmm, maybe it's them or it's just because the doctor said, no, you're just like, that can't be it. Yeah, I actually, and, and this is why I'm a huge proponent on my Instagram of your voice matters. Mm-hmm. I didn't listen to my voice. And as women, our number one superpower is our intuition. And we know when yeah. there's something wrong. And I didn't honor that. I didn't honor my, you know, my feminine side or my voice. And I just let whatever the doctor was telling me be my truth. And uh, it took me obviously too long to figure that out. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, yeah. the universe just pushes us until we're like, okay, I hear you now. You're right. Okay. We had, <laughs> yeah. we had to take it to here. Like you couldn't use any other sign, you know, like a text, mm. like smarten the fuck up or I'm going to make you like knock you out in the hospital. Like, no, we're not going to do that. We're just going to, okay, cool. Awesome. Um, <laughs> 100%. Like when we get our periods, like, can I just get a text on me? Like, please. Um, yes. But sure. Let's bleed and have a fit instead. Whatever. Um, <laughs> and eat, eat lots of chocolate. <laughs> yes. Ah, fuck. Um, so was it when you were in the hospital, was it you that decided like, Hey, these are my tit, like my- their implants. Was it them? Can you walk us through that a little bit more? Yeah, so I was admitted into the hospital um, with pericarditis and pneumonia. So my left lung had filled with pneumonia and the tissue around the outside of my heart had filled with fluid and it was actually crushing my heart. Um, So when I went in, they were saying basically all the systems in your body are shutting down, but they couldn't figure out what it was. Um, So I was admitted for 11 days. And during that time, my heart and lungs um, gave out. And um, there was a 911 phone call when all of this, this happened. So they actually sent me back home on day six because they couldn't figure out what it was. And on day six, my heart and lungs gave out at my house. Um, I blacked out. I couldn't breathe. The ambulance came. And I was unconscious for about 10 minutes. And um, oh, I might tear up. So, oh, I'm sorry. Um, the there there is a 911 phone call and on the 911 phone call I couldn't catch a breath and with my last breath I asked the 911 operator to tell my fiance that I loved him if I died I'm so sorry and I said I said goodbye and when I took that last breath I thought that that was my last breath um I accepted it and I remember thinking wow, I didn't think I was going to go like this, you know, at this age, on this day, in this way, you know, it was, it was really hard. My, my husband thought that I was at home and didn't know that they, I'd gone back to the hospital and he had to track me down and I was kept for another five days. And um, they ended up hearing about the hearings on the news and my hospitalist came in and said, what kind of implants do you have? Um, and we looked it up and my, my implants were on the recall list. So that's oh when God. it kind of all come, started coming together. And then everything else just kind of fucking clicked. And you're like, oh my God. Yeah. This is it. This is, that's it. And then immediately right into surgery. Yeah. So um, this is one thing that I really want to talk about on this yeah, podcast. So of course, breast implant illness and explant is not covered. Whether it's what? emergent or not the explant surgery cost is $7,000 Canadian. 
And whether you're in the hospital or out of the hospital and you decide that you need your implants out, you have to pay it. Wow. So um, because it was an elective surgery, they told me that that is what I was going to have to pay. Um, there are people in court right now trying to fight against that because as a, our rights as Canadians, if we get sick from something, we should be able to go in and have that, that assistance. 100%. Um, so at this time, like I said, I was in really rough shape. Um, they were really concerned about if I could even go through a surgery since I still had pneumonia and I hadn't eaten in 11 days. I'd lost 30 pounds. And so they, um, they reached out to my surgeon and I guess my doctor at the hospital had gone to med school with my plastic surgeon and filled, she filled him in on what was going on. And he actually reached out to me and said that he felt so badly about what had happened that he would cover the cost of my explant at full cost and do it immediately. Wow. Um, okay. That's yeah. great. That's amazing. He, he, he saved my life. Yeah. Wow. And just was like, and then those moments too, it's just like, it's shitty that the government isn't there for us in that sense. Like that is a broken part in the system that we obviously need to be looking at. And obviously you're yeah. speaking about too, but when the universe does something like that, like, you know, obviously like you had no idea. And that the fact that he had it in his heart that like, although he's making money off this stuff, like that's writing a wrong to me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Whether you, you know, whether you knew about the risks or not, even if they're like, this could happen, just, you know, it still shouldn't happen. And no one should have to go through that at all. No one should have to go through those moments. No one should have to say that on a 911 call um, mm -hmm. for, like you said, a, um, an elective surgery that should be deemed safe. And yes. if they're going through a temporary thing where it's like there's a case going on in the FDA and there's a potential that's a good time to be like, Hey, I'm just going to bring this up that, you know, nothing's yep. official yet, but this is in the works. Just, just yep. FYI, like that should have been said to you. And the fact that it yes. wasn't, I'm so glad that at least someone at least paid for that because I don't know about you. Uh, I don't have $7,000 sitting around. I'm sure with enough people <laughs> and enough help, I could no. get that done. And maybe, you know, if I had a quick and easy, like, you know, I don't know. We talk about furries making money on the side. Just kidding. Um, I don't know how. And then the, some women are literally, and I think this is why you probably wanted to voice this, is that some women are sitting in this pain currently because they cannot afford that $7,000 to explant, yes. especially after they just paid eleven to get them put in. That's nearly $20,000. Yes, not to mention the time off work and, you know, if you rehab. need to go to the hospital, all of the rehab and everything. So, yeah that we need to, so we need to, re we need to revisit that definitely in yeah. our healthcare system. And I always found that so strange. And like, even in your own personal benefits where it's like you pay for this or you do a certain thing and it's like, but we're going to restrict you from not like, you can have your benefits, but you can only use this, this, and this. It's like, okay, but my right. medical issues are over here. Right. So, yeah. but I don't pay any money over here. So why did like, right. why can't I use it for over here? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like with funding, it should, shouldn't yeah. always be like, Oh, this is the funding is, sorry, you don't fall in those categories. It should be like, okay, every person has that equal right to a certain amount of funding for whatever medical issue that they're having in my personal right. opinion. I mean, 100%. I'm, not, I'm not a politician. What the fuck do I know? But <laughs> <laughs> maybe you should be <laughs> just, just some thoughts about equality here. You know, like I always think about that too. Like you like Grant never uses his benefits, but like I could use a lot more benefits. I have a lot more, let's say dental work. Like he doesn't use it. Why can't I use his? We pay the same amount. Like exactly. What? 
this is so a minor thing, but it's fucking annoying. Um, it is annoying. It was, it was, it was very difficult to deal with at the time. Um, breast implant illness is a lot more like people are discussing it now and there are Facebook groups. You talked about Nicole's group. I, that was one of the groups that played a fundamental role in me getting better. Um, and she's done a lot of work, but just to give an idea. Um, so I've, I just recently have been a part of a class action lawsuit against Allergan because of the breast implant illness situation. Um, there are over a hundred thousand women suing for this. Wow. So just to get, just to give an idea of, of how many women have been affected. And that's just on a, and I'm not trying to say like, it's a small scale, but in the grand scheme of things, a small scale, because a lot of women still a, don't know about it or don't, are just like, mm, like that, that affects like, oh, that's rare. That's a rare yeah. thing. And it's like, it's not rare. It's very real. Um, and yeah. my like, people that I know alone, just in two provinces, I'm like, oh, I know two girls immediately now and more and yeah. more. And now another girl reached out and was like, oh yeah, I'm actually getting mine done in a couple of weeks because I just know this is what's wrong. And, you yeah. know, and then I, and what kind of frustrates me, I'm just going to squirrel off a little bit. And I mean, to each their own, but I think I, I was reading this one thing one time and it was just like going against it and being like, oh, you know, like really think about getting your explants because you might regret it. I'm like, that is not fair to say. Like, maybe that's okay to say to some people, but like, don't put that on other people. All oh, that infuriated me so much. It's like, whatever people yeah. need to do for themselves, let them do it. Like, yeah. if you want to inform people, inform them, but don't, you know, like, don't project your feelings on other people's healing journeys. On either side. Like, like on I, either I, side. Yeah, on either side. I have girlfriends and breast implants have changed their life for the better. And Absolutely. I have I have eight clients this year that have had to remove them. So right? you know, you know what I mean? So it's it's yes. both sides of the coin. Um, making sure like as women, we have fought for a hundred years to be able to make our own choices and have our own rights for our own bodies. And so I think that we as women definitely shouldn't be getting in the way of other women, but equalizing yes. our truth is super important. Yes. And that's, that's, and that's the whole point. Right. And like, for me, it's like, and that's why I always say like, it always sounds like I'm, I don't want it to sound like I'm throwing shade by any means to anybody that does it. But for me, I think it was just like, I was so blown away that I didn't know these things that now I'm yeah. just like, Oh, I just want people to know everyone's experience because it might not happen to everyone. But if it does, isn't it so nice to have that knowledge in your backhand to be like, Oh, this could be this in whatever aspect, yes. you know, and to have that knowledge is just more powerful. And like you said, there's mm -hmm. a lot of people and think, think of everyone that has had to have like reconstructive from like cancer or, you know, those, um, that have, you know, top surgeries and those kind of things. Like there's so many successes in it and we want to celebrate those, but equally so showing like, Hey, these are the potential risks so that everyone knows what they're getting involved in, you know? Right. Yeah. hundred percent informed consent it doesn't to matter me what your what your end goal is I don't care I whatever makes you happy in that that decision as long as you're given all the pieces to that puzzle and you're picking the right puzzle for you if you're missing exactly. some things you could be missing really big key components that could affect your individuality just because the collective isn't going through that and I'm one of those people I hate to be that way but I'm a baby on the, my body hates everything <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I, I would have, you know, put myself in that without knowing those things, you know, and probably gone right. through a little bit more, you know, and that's just my personal thing. And I have boob envy for everyone. And I've said this, um, and I, you know, and I'm really happy for those that it, you know, it does do the right things for, but I'm equally yeah. just so excited for those, um, that have come on the other side and feel good. So you're live. So yay. Uh, obviously yeah. for multiple <laughs> reasons, um, to yeah. share this too, um, 
once that happened and they were out, did you feel an immediate change? Like, were you able to like immediately breathe? Yeah, so I actually documented everything after taking them out. I wanted to make sure that it for sure had been that. I wanted to make sure I had evidence in case I ever did need to go to court for it because of how serious it was. And just for myself too, I just, you know, wanted to look back and remember what I'd gone through, what I'd survived and, you know, how healthy I'd become after. Um, The differences, just to give an idea. So it took me about three weeks to heal from my first surgery. It took me three days to return back to work after my ex-month. Wow. Interesting. And I do hair. So my, my arms are up, right? Moving. Yeah. yeah, My, my skin was glowing. I had 52 documented symptoms um, throughout the time that I had breast implant illness to date. I have zero. Um, And it took me about six months for my body to completely drop everything out. Um, But all my blood tests returned back to normal. A lot of women are being diagnosed with lupus and different autoimmunes, but it really is breast implant illness. And then at the end of it, you can actually see their ANA and their RA return right back to, to normal levels, which is what happened to me. Um, wow. So it was, it was incredible. It was almost miraculous, to be honest. And honestly, you know, and I think this is like kind of one of those things that's happening and a lot of things where it's like sometimes people are more not looking at what the root cause of something is more so just like band-aiding or trying to fix the, the symptom as opposed Mm. to like finding that root cause. And I'm not saying that's, but like, for me, it was just like for the longest time, I had no idea that what I ate was directly what's going to be affecting my mental, the state of my mental health. So when I'm eating stuff, that's like bad for me. And then obviously my anxiety is through the roof and I had no connection to that whatsoever um, because I was just like, Oh, I'm just going to treat the anxiety. And I'm not saying that's the whole reason why, but it's a very big, contributing factor to when it gets out of control for just myself personally and uh, but I was never taught to look at that you know root cause of of those things and it's wild when you hit that root cause how many of the other symptoms just go away and you don't need to do those other things to treat what it was and I feel like this is probably one of those things for you where just like you're looking at all those different things when they're in to probably help minimize that and it was just like once you took that root cause out it was like well I don't need to worry about my anxiety or depression not not breathing or all that it's gone now a hundred percent and and I think what you just said is just so indicative of our culture right now is, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're always trying to just smooth things over and we're never really looking at the deeper issues that we're dealing with. Right. So, yep, totally. uh, yeah, so it, it was a super good learning curve for me and um, it really brought me into Eastern medicine. So Eastern medicine is all about finding that root cause. Western medicine is more about, you know, dealing with the outside putting a bandaid on it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, exactly. And you know, honestly, that's what I mean for the longest time. I'm like, I didn't, you know, I was never grown up to taught be taught and that's not, you know, it's not her fault. We're all learning together, but you know, like I said, things that you, how much sleep you get, all those little things that just seem like those basic things that make so much sense that we've gotten so far away from that. And it's caused Mm -hmm. all this like chaos um, in so many different ways. And once you get, you know, to the root end, it seems that chaos goes away a little bit. You know, when you step away from your phone a little bit, you're like, okay, my anxiety is not so bad. I'm more at peace today. Or, you know, just those little basic things, drinking more water. This is a new thing for me. I'm like, hey, bitch, you were, you need to drink more water. Why are you expecting your body to function properly when you're not even giving it water? You Mm -hmm. know, Um, 100%. It's just finding easier ways to get to that when really I'm not setting myself up to prioritize that and taking care of me. And I think, like you said, that's just where the society is. That's where, and it comes to instant gratification. What can I do quicker? Because I need to be more plugged in and do all these other things. I don't have time to take care of me. And then 
I think we can all say once you don't do that, then all of a sudden your body is going to react in a certain way that you have no fucking choice but to pay attention to it. Not just specifically in this, but just in all in life in general. And I think that's, you're right. That's where we are in a society where it's like, I'm very the same way. Like, listen to my body now. I read this thing about like to scroll a little bit off of like Advil and Tylenol and what the actual effects of it and and what your body, you know, if you've got a fever, the the doctor was kind of like, you know, kind of let your body do what it's doing. Don't take something that's going to suppress that fever. It's going to actually prolong your illness. You know, like mm-hmm. do the more natural things to help uh, support your body to do what it's supposed to do naturally. And uh, that hit, <laughs> that was like a year ago. And I was like, oh shit. And now I've kind of been the same way. Like, okay, what, what is my body trying to tell me? I don't want to just mask that I have a headache. Why do I have a headache? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's simple. You know, I had a girl at the salon the other day, my neck hurts. I'm going to take some Tylenol. Well, are you stretching? Mm-hmm. Are you drinking water? Are you sleeping in the right position when you're, when you're going to bed? You know, exactly. are you going to bed stressed? Are you in a bed right after you were on your phone? Yeah. Um, I, where, where you're, you know? where's your neck at when you're looking at your phone? Like, you know, yeah. so many things with posture and then it's like, oh, I'm not saying, so, you know, and it's like, I don't know what it is if we're just so busy or society gets so busy kind of squirreling here on doing other things that we forget to look at how to take care of ourselves. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah. your body's like, Hey, yo, hello. You don't got a yeah. choice. And then you're sick. And then you're living in this perpetual sickness. And then if you're continually taking band-aids and not fixing it, it's never going to fix itself. And I think that's just said to anything and being a mindset coach, I'm sure you can talk to about that too. Mental trauma Mm -hmm. and all that. If we just keep, you know, doing behaviors and not addressing why we're doing those behaviors and we're just like masking it, it's going to continue and almost get worse because you're developing worse patterns. Yes. And the only time we really see real change in people is when they get to a point where they recognize it and they just no longer want that outcome anymore. Yes. When you're sick of your own shit. Man, yep. <laughs> I'm so tired of myself bringing snacks to bed. Like, when am I going to be done with this? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> scrolling back. That was a great scroll, though. That was good. Um, I told you we would do this. This is why we have the questions. Um, so versus the surgery into surgery out, you said first one in, it was about a three week recovery to get them in. And then he felt like shit from the beginning. And then out, it was about three days and you're back to life. And then how long until you're back to like, working out and stuff like can you tell me a little bit more like post-op like what what would people expect if they're coming out of getting their implants out um just based on your experience yeah so explant surgery is definitely a serious surgery i think the reason why i bounced back so quickly was because i was so sick um going into the surgery that when they came out my body just responded right away with love which is awesome (laughs) so i gave gave love it was good yeah with this exchange Uh, happiness yeah yeah, in alignment. And that's the biggest thing. Like we really, really have to be giving love to our feet that we walk on and our hands that we use every day and our lungs that, you know, breathe for us. And and so often we don't. So I went through this period of time where every single day I woke up and um, it took me about six months to get back to where I was, you know, working out regularly, especially to the, you know, to the level that I usually work out at. But um, I would wake up every day and I would say, I'm so thankful for you to my body thank you for my lungs that are breathing thank you to my heart that's still beating and I would thank every part of myself and I really um, got into a much deeper alignment and it changed my life honestly um, from being super carnal to more spiritual and really you know accepting that your body is beautiful not just because of your aesthetics it's beautiful because it works for you every single day that you get up it is living breathing and working for you to have a better life and we need to really acknowledge that. So that it really helped me in those six months. Um, and then I started training for nationals. And and yeah, now here we are. It's been two years. Uh, 
in September. So that's yeah. wild. And I think that's so important too. I say like, I, you have that switch in your mind when it comes to how you treat your body. And for me, it was kind of like, I went from treating it to a frat house to a temple. And mm-hmm. once I did that and started realizing how like all these things connect in so many different ways, okay, it's not just, you know, you get someone to the fitness industry and you're like, okay, I'm going to eat good and I'm going to work out. And they're like, oh, okay, shit. I got to work on my mind and I got to sleep and I got to drink water and I still got to make sure that what I'm eating is good. And, you know, um, there's so many more levels to it. Um, and I'm so glad that you're back and through it and, and back and bounce back. Cause I've watched some women, everyone's journey is different too, right? Like, some people have had them in for years. So sometimes it's going to take a little bit longer for them, mm-hmm. you know, to heal and your body to go back to being in kind of like this homeostasis. Is it kind of fair to say like for some people's bodies it's like, for me, it's like something's in there and then your body is fighting immediately from that moment to get them the fuck out. And it's using all of its power to take it out. And so yes. I think that's where those maybe, and I'm not scientifically, but in my mind, it's like when your body's so busy doing that, it doesn't have time to support it in the other ways. That's why those yes. other symptoms develop and the minute you take away that fight then your body like can go back and and try to be in a better spot where it's not fighting itself and then for me it's like then you can fully diagnose what's wrong right like sometimes people and I'm not saying people don't have anxiety but sometimes people are like oh I have anxiety that's it done cap it off and it's like okay where did that spur from there's got to be inside trauma to that or something you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. Oh, I kind of lost where I was filing there. Stone. No, there's, there's uh, no, really, there's just so much more to it. Right. And yes. it's like you said, some people, some women will come out of this and it will take them two to three years to heal. And some women will come out of it and it'll take them six months. There are some women that realize 20 years after they've had implants that they're sick, they pull them out. There's mold, there's bacteria and all sorts of infections. And now implants are even ca- causing a certain type of cancer um, called BIACL. So um, there are a lot of different, you know, healing mechanisms and times that it's going to take every person is different. And I think that's why in determining and really nailing down BII as a medical illness up until now, because everybody's symptoms are so different. If someone Mm -hmm. has an autoimmune response, my body could respond in a rash. Someone else's body could respond in swelling. Someone else could get headaches. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of honestly process of elimination, um, mm-hmm. but just even if you're aware of BII, it helps because you're ahead of where I was at the time yes. when I was fighting for my life, I really had to use my voice. Um, I was fighting with doctors and fighting with nurses and, and trying to get these blood tests and hair tests and anything I could just to prove that this was happening. And I'm so, so thankful that this is out there now and that um, women are getting diagnosed and that this is an actually medical, a medically recognized illness now and that the FDA is being honest about what's yeah. going on. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that, you know, and that's hard for them because all the, you know, money they could potentially lose. And that's the shitty part about it. And it's like, you know, it's fine to have a product. Is it fine to do those things as long as everyone, like we have said, has been informed for it and they yeah. can make that decision. And if they go through it, then that's still, let's still obviously support them. I'm not going to say anybody that gets it knows that can happen. If something happens, like, fuck you <laughs> more. It's yeah. just like this, as long as you know, so maybe you can prepare that if you need to explant them. Okay. If it's going to cost 11 to get them in and seven to get them out, maybe if you're a person that potentially reacts this way, make sure you have that extra five, 10 grand in the bank in case that does happen. So you can immediately take care of yourself. Because like I said, if you didn't have that money, how long would you have to suffer? 
for those to come out. I know it'd take me a while to make up seven grand. I'm sure if it was life and death, obviously, but if it's not life and death, but it's slowly killing you, which is a lot of women probably experience like, Oh, I'm not dying. So, you know, I can wait a couple months. No, Mm -hmm. like that's not fair. That's not how it should be in the medical world. A hundred percent. And so we've life actually, my company, we took an initiative last year. So we decided that every single year we were going to donate a thousand dollars to a woman that was explanting. Um, so we did that last year and it was really amazing because I'm getting choked up again. The client that had warned me about breast implant illness was the client who couldn't afford to get them out. So I actually got mine in and out before she could afford to get hers out. And I was able to go and, and donate that to her so that she could. And that was just the most incredible moment. <laughs> that is just a so. universal purpose and pull and connection there. So mm-hmm. when you guys do that again, please let us know. We want to be a part of helping yes. that with you guys for sure. Um, so we yes. can help be a part of that because that to me is just like the most frustrating thing ever is that that's something that has cost that much money. Um, yes. where, and, and no, and no assistance in that, you know, like, yeah. Okay, well, we'll work to fucking definitely help that. And that's so amazing. And just be able to um, change her life when she was the one that warned you about that too, right? Because I bet you if you yeah. hadn't heard it from someone that you knew, maybe it wouldn't even connected that hard when it when you even heard about it, right? And so mm-hmm. it's like, that's what I was kind of like, you know what, now there's people close to me, when I start talking about this to people, a lot of people are like, oh, whatever, it's not really a thing. And I'm like, no, it's not just people like once in a while, like there's tons tons and people are like no you're crazy and now it's like no but look guys in Canada look <laughs> there's yeah. it's you know and people and I'm, not, and I'm not sure if you felt this and I know you've been really good but I imagine there's some fear about it because maybe those that are dead set against it not being a thing you know it's scary sometimes to get that online backlash or bullying or whatever for speaking your truth because it triggers somebody and what they believe to be true you know that's that's hard. And it's, it's unfortunate that people have to feel silenced about their own personal opinion, just because someone else might not agree with their own human experience, which makes no sense because it's their truth. But I ain't got yeah. the time to therapy all of everybody. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely did have to deal with some of that, especially in the bodybuilding industry, because um, so many women have implants. When I, when I first came out with my story, um, I definitely have a lot more support now. But when I first came out with it, Um, I did get a lot of backlash. I lost some friends and had some people unfollow me because they didn't believe that it was a thing. Um, But I can say that some of those women have come back in the last two years and have apologized to me or had conversations with me that were super healing. And I think it's important to remember that we're all just sometimes coming from a place of hurt or, or fear ourselves, especially if we have implants in and they've been such a positive experience for us. Um, thinking about what the world could be like without them is a scary thought. And, and I know, cause I've been through it. So I have a lot of, um, you know, a lot of love and empathy for women that are going, yeah. going through that. Oh, absolutely. And that's why I'm always like, just trying to come at it. And, and the best way of like, you know, everyone's experience is hundred percent valid and everything, everyone's always doing it from a place of love. That's how yeah. I always feel. Like most people that are trying to share their experience is just sharing it so that Others don't have to go through it. And if that's not your reality, that's amazing. I, That's fucking awesome. But for those that are having this as a reality or had or whatever we're talking about, like, and I don't know if you feel that way, but sometimes that online hate or those, those people that, you know, like, oh, I don't really love the message you're sending right now. That's okay. Cause it's not for you. And I hope that one day you can understand that. And it's so great when they come back around and it's like, oh, I see where you're coming from. And at the end of the day, it's always coming from a place of love and, and just 
um, expanding people's knowledge of the human experience because mm-hmm. there's so many different experiences and, you know, I could be completely wrong. I could maybe get them and I'm totally fine, but that's something that's a personal then risk that I need to take. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm glad now that there's a lot more discussion about both sides of things. And just because the discussion is about one side doesn't mean the other side's bad um, because everyone's going to have a different choice that works best for them. A hundred percent. And it goes for all areas of our life, right? Yes. Just, yeah. So much like, and I don't know what it is. And I honestly, I hated to be this person, but we just, you know, had this podcast about being addicted to social media and online. And I was always the type that was like, oh, that doesn't, you know, stop us from, you know, being human connection. But sometimes I think it does because it kind of takes human connection away. And then people are kind of saying things that they don't necessarily mean. And so I think Mm -hmm. we have had to program ourselves to be like, oh, that's just kind of like an online voice because most people probably wouldn't have walked up to you and been like, fuck you. That's not a thing. You know, like Mm -hmm. maybe they do like there are assholes. Don't get me wrong, but it's like this weird online, like where it's okay to be like a little bit more, not okay, but people are more apt to be hateful. And I just, I hate that. I love that it's there, but I also hate that you know, yeah. for the most part, people aren't going to say that to you in, in your real life. I would hope not. Oh my gosh. I would love to see them try. <laughs> right. That's what I mean. Like I would not say that I would do it, but you know what I mean though? Like people get a little bit more yeah. ballsy about saying this, like bullying stuff when you're not right in front oh, of yeah. them. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Right. You just have yeah. to reprogram your brain to be like, okay, you know, if this, I said, person said this to me in real life, I would clock them and I would win. Uh, but, uh, it is, it is important. And, you know, we're always on the side of like, and I'm always this type of tried to say like, whatever makes you happy. And if that aligns with you and that makes you happy, then do it. And Mm -hmm. I think me and you are in a sense where we're just like speaking our truth and what we experience is just Mm -hmm. what aligns best with us. And this is your story. And I'm so grateful that you're sharing it. We're not done yet though. I just want to ask a little bit more if we can, um, yeah. Now that you have them explanted, like, how are you feeling about yourself now? Like, do you feel besides physically, like you're feeling good? I feel great, honestly. And even physically, um, like with the scars and like I was saying, the, the issues that I had with my breast after, I've really embraced those scars of as signs of what I fought for. I fought for my voice and I fought for my truth and I fought for my life in the end. And I survived that. And it just reminds me every day that I can overcome anything I put my mind to. And so can all other women. So, and is it like um, a kind of like a source of like uh, strength for you when you're feeling like in those moments of weaknesses, like I always think back to where I've been like in the hardest parts of my life and like, bro, you got through that. Like fucking buck up. Not like that, but you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of like a, you know, I think that's why a lot of people have their tattoos, right? It's like a moment of time. And you look back at them and you're like, wow, I was there. Look where I am now. And I think scars are, if, if you can see the beauty of them, that's to me what they are is like, you know, once you can embrace that, that's a whole fucking power in itself. Yes. And I definitely, I had some, some insecurities um, because I do magazine shoots and photo shoots and things like that about myself. And um, the first time I've ever been published in a magazine was actually post explant. And my scar, yeah, my scars were showing and my boobs were small. And you know what? I was fucking proud in that I, moment. And you, girl, every picture that comes out is always just so far. <laughs> always like, oh, another one. Like, yeah, if I was into photography still and back there, I'd be like, hey, come, let me take pictures of you. I love it. Um, But that's, <laughs> it's such a good feeling too. And I think for you, it was probably just like, you know, it, it wasn't that you felt like you lacked it before, but now you know that you've had it. And you're just fucking fire, no matter who you are, of what stage and what season. And 
that as long as you're aligned with who you are, I think that's when people shine the most. And I think yeah, that's hundred percent where you are. Right. And yeah. it was just a moment where you're just like, no, I'm fucking boss. I don't need, you know, I'm good. Yep. I'm good. I'm good without it. And I, you know, boss with or without. And that's, I think that's the greatest. It's like when people wear makeup and then they don't, you know, it's just like, you feel boss with it. You feel boss without it. That's the key. You know, mm-hmm. anything that you have, as long as it's not, you know, doing it, you know, it's important. You can, okay, hold on. I'm not meaning this in a judging mean being like, if you have to do those external things, but still working on being okay without them. That to me is like the ultimate happiness of aligning, of being like, I could dress up, I could do all these things and I'm just as beautiful in sweatpants and nothing. Hell yes. Right? Hell that's, yes. That's because the beauty, beauty is a soul thing. Yeah, that's what you know. Beauty is all has always been and will always be a soul thing. You an can energy. be, a, it is. It's an energy. You can be, um, you can be. You can look like anything. You could wear whatever. If your soul is shining and you are in alignment, girl, you're gonna be on fire. <laughs> yeah, those sweatpants will be glistening. Yeah, I know. I feel the best when I'm wearing my sweatpants suit. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> but right, and and that's what I think about. It. And I think a lot of the times, and I don't know if that's just like women in general, our generation, the time, blah blah blah. But I think all of us have that like internal struggle. And then when you just come to it, I don't know if that comes with age. You know, I'm going to be 35 this year. I don't know if that's at the age where you're just like those things aren't as important because I know I'm just doing so much more than the world than showing up with like looking good or whatever, like, you know, I'm mm-hmm. trying to, and that energy, like said that your soul, what, what it is, that's truly important. When you make that connection that that is like to me, the more important and the out, the rest will just follow. It's such a wonderful moment. I know in my twenties, it was just always such a different vibe than it is in my thirties. I don't know. Maybe it is age. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it's just not more important. I was like, I'd rather, you know, show up and be there someone and not worry so much. Like, Oh my gosh, are they, are they looking at how I look right now? Cause it's not important. Cause they're probably not. Yeah. And, and you know what? Most of the time they're not. <laughs> no. And that's like the one thing that goes with everything like gym and all that. Like people are, don't worry. Everyone is self-involved and nobody cares, you know, but yes, you know, yep. um, but going back to this, what, what advice would you have for women um, that are in the position where they, you know, want to get implants or any advice for women at any stages, I guess. Um, I think the biggest piece of advice I would give is just get yourself educated. Um, be really open with your surgeon go on and read, you know, some women's testimonies on what they've gone through. Um, make sure you get your blood tested in advance. Like just be aware and have the extra funds if you need to, if something was to happen. That's yeah, the biggest definitely. thing. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And then for women that are, um, have them and are thinking about explanting, any advice for them? Um, my biggest advice is you're, like you said, you're not alone. And it is such a hard journey. And to all of you who are going through that right now, I want you to know that there are women that will come around you and support you and understand what you're going through. And right now you feel like you can't make it, but I promise you that one day you are going to wake up and they are going to be out and you're going to breathe in and you're going to have no pain and you're going to smile again and you're going to laugh again and you're going to feel beautiful again. I promise you and your voice matters. It does. And you're how you feel. Don't let anybody tell you that what you feel is not correct. Cause Always. look at Bella. <laughs> like yeah. she's like, yo, something ain't right. And like, she wasn't wrong. It, you know, it, yeah. it took for her body to like signal to everybody else. And it's unfortunate that you're, that sometimes your voice isn't enough. And like you said, you had to scream and yell and that shouldn't be it with your own medical care, you know? Yeah. 
and it doesn't have to be that's the answer but like we said rule it out yeah why isn't it even a consideration why is it just like no that's not it why it was just like okay well this is how your body's reacting and these are the risks that could come with getting breast implants so this could be the first potential things it could be yeah hey i don't know i'm not a doctor though i didn't go to school i don't know how they learn um (laughs) and then those that are healing and just coming um you're in a place obviously where you feel really great um but you said you went through your trial and tribulations right after what are your advice through women that have explanted and they're just through their first bits of healing um really reach out to support is super super important in this it's super important as women in general having a tribe around you but if you feel that you don't support Um, Like I was saying before, there's that group that's on Facebook that we were talking about. It's called Breast Implant Illness and Healing by Nicole. Um, There's the Breast Implant Illness page on Instagram. Um, Just reach out to other women, women in other countries, women that you've never met. Um, Be a part of a group um, of people that can come around you and love you and give you support and send you encouragement. And eventually it will get better. Um, There are a lot of other things like protocols, like water and having lots of magnesium and things like that that you can look into as well. Um, And then also there are a lot of naturopathic doctors that are dealing with breast implant illness now that can help. Yeah. And I feel like that's a very good route to also, I think one thing too, and maybe quote me wrong, it's nice to have an arsenal of them, you know, like having a bunch of them to talk and have different points of views because not every expert's going to know everything and how every different system works. And some people might've learned this way. And I think it's really great to have all different sorts of opinions. I mean, sometimes it's a little too much, (laughs) Um, you know, when you've got like a kid, you've got like four different families all from different religion and they're all trying to decide what that, but you know, sometimes too much is too much. But when it comes Mm -hmm. to your health, like it's good to have a team, you know, talk to a naturopath of what they think, you know, talk Mm -hmm. to your surgeon, talk to your, you know, I've not been in it, but I'm what I hear a lot is people that are most successful in their healing journeys have an arsenal of experts with them. It's a team, a health team, not just one person, one opinion, one knowledge more, I think the better. And to me, personal experience and what other women go through has so much value because it's unbiased. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, if you, the biggest thing here is take your power back, right? So step into your power as a woman, listen to your intuition. Um, If you want a doctor, call the doctor's office. You don't have to wait for your GP to get you in and then give you a bunch of medication. Call a functional med doctor, call an acupuncturist, call a naturopath yourself, make the appointment. The $100 that you spend on the consult will give you so much help and information and faith in you getting better than you spending $100 on a pill that's just going to get you through next month. Right. Yeah. And, and it's so true. And I think, I don't know why it went so far away from that, but I feel like that's where we've been for so long. Like you said, with Western medicine, where it's like, okay, what is your symptoms? Okay. This treats those symptoms. Here you go. See you later. Where it's like on the other side of it, when you look at naturopaths and like acupuncturists and, you know, even when you're looking at the energy work and all that kind of side of things, mm-hmm. you know, it's very more of like, okay, these are your symptoms. Why? What is causing that? Let's try and treat this and see if those symptoms then go away. Because I don't think a lot of things in life just go away by band-aiding things. I think for myself personally, they definitely didn't. If anything, they compiled more problems on, you know, like, um, and and I'm not shading this, but we talked about anxiety a little bit. Um, For myself personally, it was never like, oh, why are you experiencing anxiety? It's like, oh, I have anxiety. Oh, here's some medication. Okay, bye. See you later for two years. But there was Mm -hmm. never any support as to why I had that and talking about it and getting to the root cause of it. So when I came off the medication from the millions of reasons why it made me feel like a psychopath, 
I felt like I was even more disadvantaged because now I have all these other side effects to deal with and whatever. So I love that, you know, we're getting to a time in the world where we're shifting and we're going, okay, why are we like this? It's fine. Like definitely West, I'm not discrediting Western medicine and it's great, but like, also let's, let's figure out why. And then let's try to address that as well. So we don't have to live on this for the rest of our lives. Our body doesn't have to react. It'll get tired of reacting after a while and it'll create another illness. Yeah. That's the thing. And then it compounds. Right. And I think that's really the issue here is it's so much bigger than just breast implant illness. It's, you know, the fact that we're not working on our mindsets, the fact that we're not working on, on our energies, on our trauma, on, uh, we're always feeling like we need to define ourselves. We're always consistently writing bios basically at the top of our Instagram about our lives and confining ourselves in these societal boxes. And, and we don't need to define ourselves. We're beautiful just the way we are. We're constantly changing and growing and, and also, what is so bad about anxiety? Why, why can't we be anxious sometimes? You know what I mean? Like, so totally. there's, there's just so much um, guilt specifically on women right now. And it, it's, it's going to be a war to get out of it. But I'm really, really excited to see how many women are standing up and using their voices right now and helping to heal other women. And, and I think that you're really doing that with this podcast. And I'm Thank really, you. really honored to be a part of this with you. Thank you. And that, and honestly, that's why we wanted just to connect people like this. I was like, I know so many dope women that I can have like an hour conversation with about a topic that hopefully like, and even if myself, I heal like a little bit of myself, I learn something new every single time about myself, about other people. And we've just been so programmed to just be like, Oh, that's something let's call it this call it in a box. But it's like, no, let's feel it. Like, what is your anxiety telling you? Like, once I started Mm -hmm. learning that all of these signals can be used as tools as guides as whatever it made me look at myself and my body and and its reactions in a whole different way it's kind of like when you go from that laxity to like that gratitude kind of shift uh it's so funny it's one 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 as I said that um and you start seeing but like you said you started waking up and every single day you're like oh my gosh I'm so grateful that I can breathe and 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 it's not saying you weren't grateful for that before but when you were so close to losing that you realize how much you needed it. And if you can just get to that place where you're in that gratitude of everything that has around you, you really does change your fucking life. You start really really appreciating everything. And, and even outside of this, I think to me, that was the biggest thing is being like, I was in this laxity mindset. And I think that brought so much more bad into my life. And then the other day, like, especially even like for what's going on, because I'm in BC with the floods and the supply chain, you know, you're really programmed to think that we're going to be starving. Like that's, you know, people don't say that, but they do. So then, and then I started looking at my cupboards and I'm like, holy fuck, I have so much food. Like I have, Mm -hmm. I'm okay. You know, but it's just like, again, that programming of that mindset for so long to be like, we're missing stuff. We're missing out. We're losing that fear, you know? And, but once you shift into that gratitude and you start seeing why did this happen to me, you know, especially for yourself going through that so heavy to get through those heavy moments, I'm sure that moment of being like, okay, but I'm going to be able to help other women. I'm going to be able to help save with my story. Like that kind of stuff helps you get through the hard shit. And once you get that through the first hard time and you start using those tools again, the next hard thing you go through, you start using your gratitude again. And then things start looking like, okay, not this is happening to me, but like, what can I learn from this? How can I, you know, and it's, it makes you, I feel physically better too. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That it was does. Just- but a hundred percent it does it, like and that's why I brought that up when you were talking about how quickly I healed um, yeah. I really really believe that me waking up every morning and simplifying it instead of I could have I could have sat lay there not mm-hmm. sat lay there 
and been, you know, a nationally qualified bodybuilder and thought, oh my gosh, look at how much of a failure I am. I can't even get up and go to the gym. I can't even lift. I remember going back and I couldn't lift the bar, yeah. you know, wow. to do a workout, you know, and, and I'd been working out since I was 14 years old. I'm the same as you turning 35 this year, but I didn't, I really had this simplistic viewpoint of, wow, I am here and just coming at the world with like a child, like wonder, like I'm here, I'm alive. Like, beautiful the flowers are beautiful the grass is beautiful the sun is beautiful and I know it sound it might sound funny but like really simplifying it to that point and you realize how blessed we are to live in such a beautiful country and and have our homes and have our lives you know yeah and it's so true and I think it's and and I think people get a little bit sidetracked where they think like oh okay you guys don't know that like there's still bad shit and bad shit is still going to happen we're not living in this like bubble that no bad stuff is going to happen. It's more so like you almost don't really have a lot of control of any bad things that are going to happen, but always knowing that you're going to be able to get through it. And I'm going to live yeah. the fuck out of every single day because tomorrow is not promised. No matter how good you feel right now, something yeah. can, and I'm not being like deep. Like I lost a lot of friends when I was 19 years old. I lost someone very close to me. Um, we, had, we were kind of dating. We just broke up, blah, 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 whatever. And he passed away and it was 19. And I was like, holy fuck tomorrow mm -hmm. can be gone. I need to like live the fuck out of every single day and be super grateful that I'm on this earth because it can be taken away tomorrow. And yeah. I'm not, I didn't live in that for a long time. It took me a while to get there. But once you're there, like you said, like for me, it was just like, I got in this bad habit. It was like, I didn't notice something was great until it was almost gone. And it's like, by appreciating everything in your life where you're at right now, for one, you realize how much you have. For two, mm -hmm. it brings so much more ease and like it almost like drops your shoulders, you know, mm -hmm. from that stress. And then it makes you see like how much more there is to life just right in front of you. Right. Yeah. Um, so anyways, squirreling. Um, <laughs> I'm really glad that we were you were able to take all of that hardness and really like use it as fire. And now you said like you see the glow, you see it. We all see it. Like anybody that knows you sees it and it's it was so sad to see you like go through that. But like, girl, ugh, now that you're on top of it, this is like a universal purpose for you to help others mm -hmm. through that. And I think that's so wonderful. Not, not that you went through that. <laughs> yeah. How do you say I'm glad you went through that, but not that I'm glad you do that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you know what? I, I am. And, and it was, it was August 16th, 2019 that my heart and lungs gave out. And I have been more alive since that day than I ever was before. Right. And then I always wonder, like, universally, like, have you ever seen that email that went around of 9-11, all the people that weren't there because some little inconvenience or big stopped them from being in the Twin Towers that day? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think, like, you know, that was really traumatic. But, like, what if the universe was putting that in place because so something worse didn't happen? You yeah. know, maybe yeah. that was your signal to be like, you need these out now because these are just not for you. And, you know, uh, and instead of like, it's slowly killing you over time and you didn't know when it crept up on you, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I always try to yeah. find the universal purpose to the fucking hardships because it makes it easier to swallow, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, I really believe that the women that are going to listen to this episode, they'll be affected. Right. And the eight women that have had to take theirs out, including the girlfriend that we both share, um, that yeah. is taking hers out she was majorly affected by what I went through and none of that would have happened if I hadn't gone through it. So yeah. as, mu as much as it was, it honestly was a hor horrific experience for me. Um, I'm super grateful for it. 
Yeah. And how strong and it, and once you can turn those into like the strength and like your, your gut check when you're at a moment where you're like, this is a very small example, but I'm going to use it anyways. One time I had uh, food poisoning and I used to teach jumping fitness on the trampoline, the cardio class. And mm-hmm. I was always just, I'm always just anxious. And I would take pre-workout dumb. Um, and so I just thought it was my nerves. And so I'm like jumping and the whole time. I'm like, I'm going to fucking vomit. Like I'm going to projectile puke. If she says stomp one more time, but whatever, I got through it. I went home and I puked my guts out. It was the worst feeling ever. I was like, Oh no, no, you had food poisoning. So that hour was probably like the most game face I've ever had to put on in my entire life and the worst I've ever felt. And I was like in tears. I don't know why I went through it, but anyways, and now when very small traumatic thing, but now anytime I'm going through like, say a workout at the gym or through hard times, I'm like, you fucking jumped when you had food poisoning, like stop. You know what I mean? So it's like when people can use those (laughs) moments in their lives to be like, when they're not feeling as good, be like, you fucking survived this you know, or when you've got haters being like, oh, that's not a real thing or whatever it is, or you read a comment that wasn't directed at you, but you take it personal, you know, it really just like brings it all into being like, no, 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 I'm going to fucking help certain people. This is going to be this. And I get this all the time with my podcast. I'm like, what am I doing? Am I making a difference? (laughs) But if one person, you know, smiles or laughs in the day, it's all worth all the other anxiety that I have about it. (laughs) I can tell you that you 100% make a difference. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Well, that means so much, girl. And obviously, welcome to the podcast world. Um, We will have you back on. Is there anything else about this topic or really anything that we missed today that you want to hone in on and um, and the questions, anything before we sign off? No, not at all. I'm just, like I said, super honored to be on this and so excited that I got to be a part of this. Yes, thank you. Welcome to your first one. And uh, yeah, we'll jump right on to our next guest. Okay, babe. So we're going to get on to our next guest. Now, the next guest, you guys, I think, honestly, I have known her the longest out of all the guests. So I'm super excited for this one. Actually, I don't want to say how old we were to age us, but uh, the last memory I have of us was when we were teenagers and it brings such a good time. So uh, for me to be able to connect to her on this level, you guys, I'm pumped to bring her on the show. I'm not going to tell you much about her. I'll let her explain herself. But our next guest is Danielle. Hey, babe. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show today. Yeah, my pleasure. This is such an important topic. It is such an important topic. And you know what's so funny when we were talking about all the different topics, we kind of tried to plan out our year. And this month, things just kind of like didn't feel authentically right to what we originally had. And I don't know where, obviously, probably with the state of the world, I was just like really into I have been learning about BI for two years now, um, but I just, all of a sudden it clicked and then I just like, talked to you and then talked to Bella and I was like, okay, this is where we're going. And I honestly couldn't be more excited because I don't have the experience to talk on it. But that being said, I can say that I have been a small chested woman my whole life. I pretty much just have nipples. So the fact that women are coming out and talking about this essentially kind of saved my personal life. So thank you for sharing about this. When you brought it onto your page, I was like, oh my God, yes. I had no idea. Not yes. <laughs> I don't yeah. mean yes, that you went through that, but <laughs> yeah. just that yeah. you're willing to talk about it. Cause I know some people just, you know, aren't ready to, and it just, it gets so excited for me when people have those experiences when they're like, okay, hey, I need to tell everyone so that they know what's up because I didn't. Yeah. I didn't either. Right. So <laughs> yeah. before we get into this, I've, like I said, we, I think, I don't know how long have we known each other, like 20 something years. Oh yeah. Something like that. <laughs> I was talking about, I was just telling Grant today. I was like, I remember when we were in like, I don't know, it must've been high school and we went to swollen members concert. I think it was. And yeah. <laughs> that's the like, 
<laughs> that's the last like teenage like memory like I'm sure we've seen each other in passing over the years like we went to the gym and all that but like that memory I think is one of my favorite ones with you because I was like you know a couple years younger and I was like oh my god Danielle we'll ask you <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we're gonna smoke weed we're gonna go to this concert like I was just like love it and anyways that was just good times old times yeah, but sure. other than uh that uh we're from the same small town do you want to explain the community or can you a little bit about yourself totally so I'm Danielle obviously live in our little hometown here on Vancouver Island um obviously first and foremost I'm a mom and a wife of three kids um but I'm a full-time photographer and uh, my passion really lies with helping women see the beauty that they hold. Um, a lot of women have a really hard time seeing beauty when they look in the mirror. And with boudoir photography, it's just such an amazing way to empower women. You know, like many of us aren't models. And like, those are my favorite clients, just yeah. like the everyday women who deserve to feel so fucking beautiful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, totally just lights my soul right up. Um, I have my dream job and, um, my goal is just to help as many women along the way and, um, help them with their journey of self-love. So, and, and you're doing it. Yeah, I am. And it's so much fun. Isn't it when you finally align, not finally, but you know, would you feel like it's like, finally you find not necessarily your purpose. Cause I don't necessarily think every human being has a purpose on this planet, but something that makes your time and your human experience, like feel something you feel good. And I can hundred percent relate to doing that for women, because once you realize and you get on the other side of it, um, of the camera and you see the real to the, like what shows, especially on social media and all that kind of stuff, like you just like, no, you guys are all so beautiful. Like you're all the same. They're yeah. different. Yeah. Let me show you. I can yes. show you. <laughs> I can do it. I can do this for you like they do for them, you know? Like, and yeah. Well, the messages. Photoshop, too, right? Like, you're the same way. You're very great at caption. Yes, we have Photoshop, but I think you're the same way. You're not like, I'm going to, I've had women ask me, like, oh, can you slim my legs? No, no, no. No, sweetie. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. I'm not yeah. changing anything, but I'm yeah. going to show you what you should be seeing. Yeah, exactly. And it's really all comes down to, you know, poses and angles and lighting and all those beautiful energy. things. Yeah. Like all I the honestly... energy that I give off is insane <laughs> <Yeah>. during sessions. <laughs> I know. And I'm not like just shade, like, and it sounds so bad. I honestly think my neighbors were like, is she holding like a sex show in there? Like, is it like, <laughs> oh my God, gay, beautiful. Yeah, stick that ass out. And you're like, holy fuck, my window is open. Like, is someone going to call Grant to be like, I think your girlfriend's cheating on you. Um, <laughs> weird shit's coming out of the bedroom uh, when you have your studio at home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it is great. It is really great. And I think that kind of like, I don't know about you, but like, do you feel that um, as world is changing, I feel like more natural beauty in who people are. And I'm not shading anything that you need to change, but just embracing who you are and whatever that is, whether you have things done or not, is more prevalent than it ever has been. Like, I don't think that was ever thought for like the beginning chunk of my years. Um, just being okay with who you are. It was like, Oh no, I always got to be this somebody else. I've always got to look like somebody else. I've always got to be that person. But as you get older, it's more like, no, I just have to love who I am. However that is. No, that's a super important part of the conversations I have with my girls is when I was growing up and we were growing up, um, the modern day society that we lived in was very much be perfect. Um, you have to look like this. You have to look like that. Um, we are changing. We're in a new era. Women are taking back their power. Um, they are loving themselves for who they are. 
And it is so beautiful. Like I cannot even believe the amount of women that I get to see that do not want their stretch marks removed. They just want to embrace who they are. They don't want body modifications. They just want to look at themselves and love themselves knowing that they're perfect the way they are. So it is a really beautiful time that we're in. It's like there's this big shift happening and it's amazing. So having like this topic that we're talking about goes hand in hand with this big shift that we're in right now. It's like so incredible to see all these women just loving themselves for who they are. I agree. And when you start sharing that about yourself and your own personal journey and like just for myself too, it's like I've always wanted them since I was younger because when I grew up, it was like, you know, like, oh, you'd be more feminine if you had big boobs or, you know, and it was just like, well, I don't. And no matter how much I wish them to grow and stare at them and rub miracle grow on them, they ain't growing. And you can't like (laughs) at the gym, build your ass like you build your tits. Actually, if anything, it takes them away more. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you strive for this. And then all of a sudden I just got to a point where it's like, A, I'll never be able to afford them personally. And then B, I'm like, anything that I've ever done to my body is always hyper reacted. So that's always made me nervous. But when I would have had the money, it was more like, I don't want to take that much time off the gym is Mm -hmm. where my head was at at the time. And then all of a sudden it got to the point where I fell into the hole of BI and I was like, okay, I would be one of these women that would get it in and immediately feel sick because that's just how my body is. And um, I don't know about you, but me and my personal life, I've done so much to my body in the sense of like drinking drugs, pharmaceuticals, like stress, like not treating it as I should, where I'm just trying to get as much stuff out of my body so I can start getting to root causes of things that are going on. If I'm attacking it in all different ways, I can't really figure out what's actually wrong with me. So like, that's kind of where I was at in life. And I fell across this. I'm like, well, if I get that in, how am I going to figure out like why I'm having anxiety when that's a potential cause of BII? And you know what I mean? Oh, well, there's so many different things that you just don't realize that go with BII. So yeah, let's get into that. So to BII, to your understanding, um, for your knowledge, like we had Bella explain to her, but I love like everyone always brings different pieces to the table. What is BII to your knowledge? So to me, it's an illness that just started coming out recently and um, over the past couple of years and our bodies are just constantly in an attack mode. So what's happening is, you know, you get these foreign objects put into your body with all these toxic chemicals and our body just goes into overdrive trying to create these cat, like creating these capsules that go around the implants, trying to protect your body um, I feel like that's one of the reasons why so many women are getting autoimmune disorders. Um, you know, maybe people who never got cold sores before are getting cold sores now because their body isn't attacking what, like the immune system isn't attacking what it's supposed to be attacking. It's just too focused on those implants. Yeah. And totally yeah, those capsules that grow around those implants, they keep growing, they keep growing. And it like the body is an incredible thing. Our immune system is incredible. All of the ways that our body works together to protect us really starts to fail once these implants are put into your body. Yeah. Um, so to me, I think that's the main contributor. Yeah. 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 And I, it's wild too, when you start, so we were talking in um, Bella's interview about, um, so how did you find out about, cause I personally fell across it from the Instagram hashtag it just kind of one of the girls that I followed in fitness was hashing it and she was going through it and I was like what the fuck is this and then I just kind of fell down a rabbit hole and then I found that like there was a Facebook group of 50,000 people by this woman named Nicole and there were so many women that were explanting and I was just like blown away because I'd never even heard about it 
not that that matters. Not like I know everything, <laughs> not the queen of knowledge here, but you know, you think you would hear about it, especially being in the fitness industry too. This is very prominent, not, but you know, like in a photographer and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. So how did you find out about BII? So yeah, that's basically how I found it too. I was scrolling Facebook and one day I seen this woman make comments about breast implant illness and I had never heard of it before. Um, and it was, had led me to that same group with Nicole. And I think when I found it, there was like 40,000 or 50,000. I can't remember now it has ridiculously huge numbers. Um, but when I found that and I started seeing the symptoms that all of these women around the world were having, I was like, okay, this is not a coincidence. Um, I felt a little bit crazy, but it was a relief knowing that like, this wasn't in my head. I'm not crazy. There is seriously something wrong with me. And I just thought I was a busy mom. I, you know, thought I had low patience and all these things. But when I seen all these symptoms, I was like, immediately relieved. Like I knew that I was going to be okay once I took care of this problem. And that it totally wasn't just me. Yeah. Isn't that wild that we always just think it's us. I was saying to Bella, like, she was just like, oh, I was just thinking I was being a weak, weak bitch. And I was like, we are so bad that way. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. It's just me. I'm just weak. And I was like, are we trained to think that? Or is that just like in our nature? Is that, I don't know what it is, but it, yeah, it, nowhere in your mind at first where you're like, oh, there it's my boobs. You're just like, oh, it's me. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm tired. I'm a mom. I overwork. Yeah. I whatever. I didn't right? eat properly. And... I didn't sleep. I didn't yeah, exactly. exercise enough or something, something you did. And you're just like, wait, hold on. And then I seen all the symptoms and I was like, oh my God. And then, so I started talking to like my boyfriend about it and a couple of friends and they were like, no, no, like there's no way, you know, like these are FDA approved. Like doctors <laughs> tell you these are safe. Like, no, no, they wouldn't put something in your body that's going to kill you. Uh, <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> wah, wah. So <laughs> moving on from there, it Next was season. so, yeah, it was so nice to just know that like, I wasn't just a weak, lazy mother. I was like, legit had some things going on that needed to be taken care of. So I went down that rabbit hole for a couple of months and I was in denial for a little bit, like, Cause I was sad, you know, yes, I had, I had to get these out and I loved them. Right. So yeah. yeah. And you um, had an, an, not an attachment to it, but it, it's a procedure and it's a thing. And, and you're like, okay, once I have them, you know, and then you feel good about it. And then you have to realize like, I can't like, that's hard. Yeah. It was so bad. So yeah. Once I realized, you know, that this needs to happen and this was in the beginning stages. So a lot of doctors were not on that page. A lot of doctors were in denial about it. It wasn't it wasn't a huge deal when I first found it. Oh, of course not. No. <laughs> Why would it be? If you're fine. Nobody believed me. <laughs> that you it's, know, like yeah. It's so I was just wild. Crazy. Yeah. And I think once you see that connection on this one, I don't know about you, but then you start like wondering about other things when people start to profit. And I'm not saying that not all things are, but then you have to like wonder. And I think when people do this, the most important thing is to have a, uh, a surgeon or a doctor that will li like has been known to listen that, you know, that or tell you these are the repercussions, but also will listen to you when you're like, Hey, something's not right. And I feel like it's a, like, I've been, we've been doing this podcast for almost a year now. And anytime we talk about like anything medical, the, the common thing is like, this was hurting, but no one was listening to me. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know why that that happens, but it, it's super frustrating because it's like your body 
is programmed and made to signal to you when something is wrong. When you get a fever, it's because your body is heating up to kill whatever bug that that is in there. You know, like you got yeah. a headache. It's because generally 90% of the time, if you have a headache, it's because something is wrong with your body. Your head's not just be like, fuck you, I'm going to hurt. It's like, did you drink water today? Did you stretch? Did you yeah. sleep? Chances are you didn't drink water. That's 90% of the time, nobody drinks enough water, right? So it's Totally. Like, but instead, we're programmed, and I'm not hating on Western medicine because I lived it and I got addicted to it. I would grab Advil and just drown that headache instead of being like, okay, did I drink water today? Did I eat? Am I tense? How am I sitting? Did I yeah. eat? Like, you know, we don't, we're not taught basic uh, how to root causes. We're taught, here's the band aid to this. It'll make it better and don't worry about the rest, you know? Yeah. And, and you don't need to fix it. Yeah. We'll just, so it's like, when, yeah. When, when, when somebody's saying and acting like this, there's something wrong and we should be taught and, and, and learned, learned, taught English words. Great. English. Let's, teach, let's teach and learn English first and then <laughs> let's learn. The, the the key signals that we're getting from our bodies so that we can start getting to those root causes because band-aids are band-aids they're meant to be a band-aid until you fix the problem underneath right like yeah. you put a band-aid on while your body heals it's not a forever you're not gonna hold that fucking band-aid on forever i mean maybe no like other things could get into it you know what i'm saying like weird metaphor but um so anyway scrolling back to uh how were your life before you got implants and like what how old were you when you got them um I was 29 when I got them and I was so excited because I had finally saved up the money and I was like yeah you know I'm gonna go into my 30s feeling amazing with my new boobies and just everything's gonna be amazing and I was so full of life before I got those implants and you know busy mom super healthy went to the gym five to six days a week you know, I was going into my thirties. Like I was feeling fine. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was amazing. And then, you know, I, um, I got them and of course it was okay for a while. So I did feel amazing going into my thirties and I was still healthy and I was still feeling really good. And I had my beautiful new boobies and I just loved everything about the whole thing. Like it was a fantastic experience. Well, besides having to have like two surgeries for my implants because the first one didn't go proper and blah 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 so after I was done healing everything was great I loved my boobies my chest was a bit tight it was a little bit hard to breathe super uncomfortable but of course like I'm like that's normal I've got these big ass implants in my body so (laughs) it's clearly not going to be comfortable forever right yeah yeah um the body's gonna adjust to the titty life you know yeah exactly and it was a big adjustment right so a big literally legit I went from like I went from A to like double D right so yeah they were big um so yeah I felt great before (laughs) my implants I was actually the healthiest I'd ever been in my entire life before I got them Um, and that was that when we trained together the last time in court did you have them when we were training I had them yeah you did okay again it was so it's not to be like this and maybe I just didn't stare at people's boobs maybe back in the day as much as I do now um, but when you told me that, I was like, oh, I did. I just realized I was like, maybe I never have seen her for that long. I didn't even notice because, you know, sometimes you notice when people get that done yeah. online or in, in real life. And I just was just like, oh, wait, what? You got you got explant. But girl, why didn't you get boobies to begin with? Or like, yeah. And then I was like, did I ever? And I was like, no, I wasn't really that boob envious when I was a teenager. As my 30s no. have approached, I'm very much more. But 
more yeah. in a like appreciative way. Uh, <laughs> but I feel <laughs> yeah. like a lot of people say that a lot of people are like, from what I've read is that they, you know, life, especially like uh, women in the fitness industry that are going for competitions. A lot of them are like, you know, I'm in this huge fitness journey. And then all of a sudden my health just went three, like not 360, but you know, total 90 degree. And now I'm feeling like shit. Yeah. Um, I haven't changed anything really besides the implants. And so, but you question literally everything else, even though that's been proven over time to be okay. But I mean, it's like, Oh, well, I'm not, you know, I'm a mom, but you've been a mom and you did all those things. Right. But your mind's not going, Oh, it's the boobs, especially probably because you have such a positive feeling towards them. Right. I love them. If it was immediate, like, oh, these don't feel right, these hurt, then you probably would have been like, okay, yeah, it's them not feeling it. But you're like, these make me feel so good. It can't possibly be the cause of my, like, pain. Yeah, I was so sad. I totally, <laughs> I know, I'm so sorry. I love and them so-, so much. So I was so sad when I realized that my boobies were killing me. You're like, fuck you, I'm <laughs> forever. And this is what you did to me. Like, yeah. Come on. Exactly. That's why I think when I eat broccoli for a whole week, I'm like, hey, I ate spinach for a week, body. Where's my abs? Come on. Yeah. Hello. Nice to you. Hello. <laughs> yeah. uh, and for you wanting boobs, like for me, it, if uh, I were to get them or my would have want, would it be? And just because for all oh, my whole life, like some guy in grade seven, I think I was just wearing a bra. And no, did I need to be wearing one? Absolutely not. But I was in grade seven and I wanted to be like everybody else. And he snapped it and he was like, you have no reason to be wearing this bra. Um, and like, you know, there's been comments over the years that were just like, you know, you're not as feminine or, you know, so I used to like wear double padding and stuff. So like, for me, it was always because I thought that's what would make me more feminine if I got them. Is that kind of where your mindset was at? Or you're just like, I had kids or like, what was your kind of thought? No, I just, I just always wanted them. Um, (laughs) you know, I've always had small boobs and so same for me I just always always wanted to just have perfect boobies because I wasn't perfect until I had boobies yeah right, you right? Know? yeah FYI, if, if yeah I didn't know. you're not perfect so, until so hilarious right like you know these things that were essentially killing me you know I didn't think I was perfect until I had them so yeah it was just something I, I've always wanted to have and dreamt of and so when I finally reached that goal I was like man I'm the coolest this is awesome I'm gonna (laughs) get this done and I'm gonna have perfect boobies and I'm gonna be amazing so that was my whole (laughs) isn't that funny too and I feel like I've done that sometimes like in my fitness journeys too I'm like yeah I'm gonna hit this certain weight and I'm gonna lift this and I'm just gonna and then you're just like you know maybe life should be like for me it's like okay that's great but like you're getting health out of it. You're not you, like quit making it so surface level because it doesn't right? feel so great until know. You know, and you're like, Oh, now I'm stronger. And it's like, and if the muscles come, that's great. I love to see it. But then I'm like, Oh, but I can lift this. And it's, it's so great when your mind shift switches in that way. And I'm sure, I don't know if it happened for you before this or on this journey, but definitely obviously for you too, there's a mindset of like more inner stuff is more important than the outside. And I was so focused on that, especially for my twenties and now my thirties, I'm like, okay, you have to stop caring about this because a, it's going to decline as you age. Just kidding. Um, but <laughs> it's like, I don't have time. I don't have time for this shit. Yeah. I have time. I have time to fucking up recover. Um, but <laughs> so life was great. Boobies were good. How long did you have them in until you started like feeling shit? So I had them in for four years in total. And I was fine for the first three years. That's awesome. Now, I can't say That's I was totally fine. I can't say I was totally fine um, because 
there probably was things happening. Um, but again, I did not ever think, you know, like I was mom, I was tired. You know, I, I trained five, six to days a week. It was like, you know, go, go, go. So I'm sure I did have symptoms sooner. Um, but it was the fourth year that I had them where I was just like bedridden. I did not want to get out of bed. I did not want to play with my kids. I couldn't make dinner. Like I was just too tired. My body was weak. I couldn't do anything. Um, I was in a new relationship and, you know, a few months after we started getting serious, I really started to decline. And he was like, what is going on? Like, this is not the girl that I know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even after a short months, that shows how quick the decline went. Yeah, it was incredible. And then when I found this, you know, we were both sort of in denial for a little bit. And then I just all of a sudden, it was like, we got to try because I can't live my life like this. So, you know, essentially, I had three good years with my boobies. <laughs> three great years. I mean, that's better than none, right? We got to look at the positives. I um, guess, but I would have <laughs> rather had none. <laughs> that's true. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> take it and take it back. Like, I don't know if that's great. Someone gives you a present and then they take it back three years later. It's like, that's thanks, but no thanks. Um, I forgot to ask after your first surgery or when you did go for surgery, did they tell you, this is like a really important part. I can't believe I just skipped over, um, going into the surgery. Was there any explanation of BII or potential risks? Like, or was it just like, Hey, sign this, you're good to go. Like, was there any of that for you? Warned that there was risks of surgery, just like there is for everybody. And, um, I was never told about any of the things that my body does to attack them. I was never told about capsules being formed. Um, I was also told that this type of implant that I had would last forever. I would never need to have them replaced. They were a lifetime device. You know, you're good. Like this is your surgery and you're 18 for life up there, girl. So you're good, right? Um, never, never once told that any of this would happen to me or was even a risk. Um, what kind did you get just so that everyone knows what is potentially not the lifelong? Yeah. So gel silicone, um, allergen implants. So the gel silicone, when I went in for my consultation to pick my type and my size and all that stuff, um, the lady that showed me, she like grabbed these implants and she was like twisting them and turning them. And she's like, if you ever got into a car accident with these in, um, they would just split. They would never leak into your body. Um, these are the safest implants that are on the market. They are new technology. It's going to be amazing. You're never going to need to replace them. These are lifetime devices. And I was like, oh, awesome. Right. Because like, I knew going in that sometimes women were told that they needed to have them replaced every 10 years or yep, whatever. Yep. So that was sort of one of the things that I had on my mind was, you know, I don't really want to have a surgery every 10 years. Like that doesn't sound fun. No. Um, so I was like, yeah, lifetime device. Sweet. Like I'm Even good. Better. This, yeah. This is going to be great. Right. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, basically, you know, warned with the risks of surgery, which is obvious for everybody yeah. always. Um, but no, I felt completely deceived and lied to, um, when I actually found out the reality of these devices. That's so wild. And I honestly, I hate to say that, but I, and even the women that did say like, oh yeah, they mentioned BII or, you know, or they, you know, said that there could be, it was not like, here's a detailed page risk 
assessment of what could happen. This is what other women have been experiencing, which I think is kind of what you should be doing, whether it's like scientifically backed or not. I think it's important to know because like you said, so many people are like, Hey, things are hurting. And they're like, no, 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 that's not it. And we're seeing that a lot in the world right now. It's very on cue to what it's been like. And so, you know, that's just, it's so frustrating to me because it is putting women um, financially, like not on top of like the medical shit that it's causing, the mental anguish that it's causing financially, like affecting people in so many ways. And it's just so unfair that, that people are just being sold that this is a lifetime thing. Everything's fine. You're not going to have any problems because that bitch is straight a fucking liar. hundred <laughs> percent. And not only Sorry, was I lied but... to, oh. but um, I ended up waking up from surgery with a bigger size than I even agreed on. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's great. Okay. So let's talk about your surgery um, implant versus explant. Like, can you explain a little bit of the differences and how that they went? Same person? Yeah. So going for the surgery to get them in was no huge deal. Like my pain level was pretty low. Um, I have a super high pain tolerance, so I didn't need too much medication. When I woke up from surgery, holy shit, I couldn't breathe. It was like the most intense thing. And, but I was so happy because I had boobies there. Right. And so (laughs) I actually have a video that my cousin took of me and it was like, I was all messed up coming out, just waking up. And I was like, look at, I have boobies. And I was just so excited. Right. But I didn't notice the fact I couldn't breathe because who cares? I had boobies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll go. It'll pass. You'll start breathing again one day. Yeah, you'll be fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, be a bitch. So that wasn't too, too terrible, to be perfectly honest. Um, pretty straightforward procedure, right? There's not, it's not super invasive. Um, but then, of course, I had uh, my implants both dropped. They didn't stay where they're supposed to. So, about six to eight weeks later, I had to go back in for another surgery. So I got put under again. He took them out from underneath my muscle, put my muscle down and put them in over top of my muscles. So what happened there was that capsule that had already formed around my implant. He had left that underneath my muscle and just placed the implant. What? I feel like that's not right. Oh, uh, not right at all. I had no idea that there was even capsules being formed. <laughs> I didn't know that leaves it. Yeah. I didn't know that capsules were a thing. I was never told that my body was going to create this shell around my implant. Cause it was mad that it was in there. Like I had no idea. And that's scar, um, scar tissue, right? The capsules, it's like scar tissue built up on the outside. Is that. Eh, I don't even know. I don't even know if it's scar tissue, to be honest. It There's literally veins in it. It's like flesh. Ah, it's a living creature. It's literally like your body creating a, a part satchel. of you around this thing. It's and incredible. To, and when you get the surgery. So I, I wonder always when people have that happen, is it because the surgeon has no idea? They don't care? Because like I've heard people that do explants that don't do the, was it called end block where you take the capsule out as well? Is that what it's called? Yeah, so an an end block capsulectomy, an end block is is where you keep the implant in place and you get, you dismantle the the capsule while intact with the implant and make sure you get all of that out before opening up that capsule. And there's a few reasons for that. And I'm really thankful that my doctor did that because I could have been in a lot of trouble if he would have just sliced that capsule open. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's pretty important. So I had no idea about the capsule even being a thing. Um, but, you know, after that, it was great. My boobs are yeah. fine. They stayed where they were supposed to. Um, and all was well. Um, and then, you know, a couple years later, when I found out about all of this, um, surgery, getting them out, oh, fuck me, was brutal. Like, I don't think I've ever been through anything so brutal in my entire life. And I've had children naturally. Okay. So like you guys are such bad bitches when you do that every time. I just commend all of you. Mine's coming in a stork. So yeah, just kidding. So getting them out, um, you know, obviously I got them out before BII was, um, worldwide known, um, before doctors started acknowledging it. And so I, it took me a few months just to find someone, um, to be able to take them out properly because all the research I had done said, make sure you get those capsules out. I seen all these women that went and got their implants out, hoping to get better, but the doctor left the capsule in. So they had to go back for another surgery to have the capsule taken out. Um, so I was very careful on my research. I made sure I found a doctor that believed in breast implant illness and I ended up going to see a doctor in Costa Rica to have my explant. Wow. And I've heard that from a lot of people too, that I've have definitely had to leave Canada to do that. Um, yeah. Just because, yeah, especially then now they're probably a lot more available. Um, but yeah, like you said, if you're in that time before it even was like a real, real thing, like now it's blown up a lot more than it did even two years ago, I think is when I really first started. And even then it didn't, since then it has blown up 10 times more. That's crazy. Costa Rica, Jesus. And then on top of it, having to pay and then having to pay for a trip. Awesome. Thanks, doctors. Yeah. No, like I'm looking at, you know, probably $32,000 for those boobies to go in and out. Brutal. So by the time when I found this doctor in Costa Rica, he believed in breast implant illness. He was finding women were getting better really fast after having these implants out. And so, you know... Finding someone that I trusted to go and do this, you know, it was great. But let me tell you, this surgery of getting them out was so fucking brutal. The incisions that they had to make on my body to make sure that he could do an end block capsulectomy. Um, He had to scrape my ribs to get the capsules off my ribs because it had adhered to my ribs. Um, He took videos of the whole entire process to show me that there was no capsules left in there for peace of mind. Um, oh, that's he kn- so good. Yeah. Like, not to be like that just was like how you've been like lied to. I think that's like an added bonus of being like, okay, not only is he a great guy, but here's proof. Yeah. Here's proof that you've been taken care of properly. Um, so yeah, the incisions that were made were massive. Um, the, the healing from it was fucking intense. I had drains sticking out the side of my boobs to drain all of this fluid because now you had these big holes where there used to be implants. And the whole thing is fucking sick. Like I can't even, it was the most um, brutal thing I've ever had to go through. So that's not fun. Um, But I'll tell you, I took some photos of my face before I went in for surgery. And then I took some photos of my face after directly after I got back to my, um, my healing resort and you could see the color back in my skin the same day that I had them out. You could see underneath my eyes weren't so sunken in the whites of my eyes were white again. They weren't red anymore. 
or yellow I've seen people have yellow eyes from it yeah the difference in the first day was incredible and even like my partner came with me to Costa Rica and stayed with me and helped me through the healing process he was blown away with the difference of the woman that I was literally the day after I had them out he was like you're waking up at six in the morning bright-eyed you know even though you're in pain and on drugs like I was a completely different person it was incredible Wow. And what if just like your energy and like your aura was just like immediately like, okay, we're getting there. Like we're not there yet. Cause you know, your body's going to take time to heal, but like, obviously your whole being just knew this was probably the right direction for you. And your body was probably just like, oh, thanks. It got its first like time to just not have to be in that, like you said, attack mode or, or survivor mode against whatever it feels like it's attacking it. Yeah. Like literally my body was like, okay, thank you. I can focus on the stuff I need to focus on now. It was yeah. absolutely incredible. Can we dial back for one second when you said that the silicones were on your ribs? Did I hear that correctly? The capsules had the capsules. adhered okay. to my ribs. Yeah. Because so, I've heard some people have had the silicone leak and have attached to their ribs. Yeah. So <laughs> And their lungs. Yeah, totally. And think of how close he was to my lungs, scraping that yeah. shit. That's intense, I man. Know. Like, holy fuck. Yeah. And that's so, why they're not to terrify anybody but when you don't know that that is something that could happen and then you have to literally go through it to save your life for something that maybe that's not something you would have done to begin with knowing that that's a potential like for me it was like if there's no potential sure let's fucking rock on but if there's a potential my anxiety is like okay hold on yeah Wait, let me I know definitely more. <laughs> I definitely would have never put myself through that right like and I that's for everyone and not everyone's going to do it but like you said even the whole 10 year thing I'm sure a lot of women have never been able to or financially be able to afford that. Like, you know, so that's, that really pisses me off that that woman was like, oh, year long. Like, uh, no, uh, estimated three and a half, four years. Yeah. And it is really sad because I do know quite a few of my friends who have implants and they do not have the funds to get them taken out. And we've heard that too. Um, one of our last girls, they did a fundraiser. Um, the girl that let her know about it, um, couldn't afford to get hers out. So they did a, um, a fundraiser and helped pay to get hers out. Um, I think that needs to be changed in the medical system for sure. Especially if it's like a life or death situation, not saying that people shouldn't, but especially if like you're about to lose your life, like you shouldn't have to fucking be paying for that. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just weird, but some people never use the medical system and all of a sudden need it and they never get to, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of like with insurance. It's like, you can only have this amount of dental and this amount of medical. It's like, but what if my teeth are perfect, but let's say something else is flared up. Like why is where my money's going for my health, like in this tiny little boxes when everyone's going to be reacting to things differently. Totally. And the thing is, is like, I know I did do some reading on like insurance and stuff like that. And I think there was some insurance companies in the States that were covering uh, women with implants to have their explant if they had capsule contracture, if they had a rupture, um, or if they had cancer, you know, like if they got the cancer from them, then yeah, they would help them remove them. But essentially, you had to be as extremely fucked as you could be um, before they would help you take them out. And not only that, but the process to apply for the insurance was making girls wait like one to two years. Yeah. And that's just not okay. And that's no. where I'm like, that's where my biggest thing is for everyone right now is being like, do you girl, like if you need to do it, like you said there, and there's all these positives, but I would implore people to maybe have enough to explant if that is something that may have to happen. Because if not, 
Like people are getting sick. They can't do their job properly. How are they going to make money to get these explants out? Like, you know, a couple, like even freaking three or four grand for people these days with inflation. If you're Canadian, we found out that we're like being played in eight, eight different countries right now. So if you're not in Canada, y'all, it's fucking expensive to live right now. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. So like to do so that bad. and on top of it, you're going to have to save to get these fucking things implanted out, but you're so sick that you can't go to your ship. Like that is not the Canada I got grew up in, like in the, in the mm. world, like, you know, like it, it, like I said, if you're going to go do it, like for me, it's like, you know what, I'm going to go do it. I feel good about it. I think in my mind, it'd be like, okay, maybe I should have like an extra five to seven grand if, if your body is a fucking freak out and just decides to shut down because it has happened. And just because it hasn't happened to majority of people doesn't mean it can't happen. And I think that's the biggest like snafu we're dealing with in the world right now, just because you're not reacting or, you know, certain amount of people that got something and, and they're okay, doesn't that the, the rule doesn't always apply. No. And, and, and it's your personal decision to make that risk. But if you don't know the data, let's say the, the common denominator that, you know, this could happen and you just see nothing but positives, of course, you're going to do it. Oh my God, I get to have these boobies. I get to have all these things I think I wanted and there's no repercussions. Sign me up, bitch. I'm in. Yeah. Uh, right. Potentially you could die. You won't be able to breathe in these 50 different fucking potential symptoms, symptoms you could have, you know. Well, and all the autoimmune diseases too yes. that people are getting from it too that aren't reversible once they get their implants out. Yep. And then too, like, I don't know about you, but like I've been pissed about learning about birth control and what that did to me as a teenager and as an adult and now I've been two years off of it and I've I'm like I cannot believe I was never told these things as a teenager that it like get, that I just told it was get rid of my acne and my cramps none of that's true meanwhile I have nothing but fucking infertility issues and hormonal imbalances and all that because I was taking a pill when I was 15 years old for fucking 10 to 12 different years straight um, yeah. That fucked me up and no one told me. If everyone's like, oh, by the way, <laughs> you might become, you know, like whatever it did to me, I probably would think twice. But now it's just like I question everything and I definitely deep dive into things a lot more. And if whatever the risks are, in my opinion, for my anxiety, for me to agree, I have to like have a plan for those risks if it happens. And then I'm like, OK, OK, this is the risk. This is what could happen. I'm good. Let's go forward. <laughs> if I don't totally. have a plan, I ain't doing it. Yeah, for sure. So it's good to know about all those, right? Informed consent. Yeah. It's a pretty big thing that we deserve to have. It's a huge have. thing. We yeah. too, as human beings and human rights, uh, very much so. And I think, like I said, this month is all about that because I never knew about this. I never knew about the ones that we're going to be talking about in the future. Well, I know about one of them. Um, but I think the conversation needs to happen. And it doesn't matter what your end result is. As long as you had that conversation, you have that knowledge, then you have more power. And then if something does happen to you, you're like, fuck, I know what this is. Instead of like going through years of just being like, you know, like you said, like I'm a bitch, I'm a weak, I'm a mom, I'm tired. I didn't work out or I didn't eat enough. I didn't sleep. Yeah. Um, totally. So now that you have them explanted, how long has it been since they've been out now then? Uh, I got them out right before COVID happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just get your life back and then fucking pandemic. Yeah. So yay, I feel better and stay home. Um, <laughs> So that was fun. But you know what I got to say, I was really fucking grateful that I did do it the November right before COVID happened. Yeah. Because I probably still would have had them in right now. Yeah, I would imagine I wouldn't have been allowed to travel and, yeah. you know, go and do these things. There's all sorts of women that had to wait for their explant because they weren't allowed to go anywhere. So um, it's been a few years now. Um, I, you know, wanted to get them out because I felt like I was dying but now that I've had them out and that they've been out for quite a few years and I went through the detox and did all the proper healing and all the proper things that needed to be done um 
I, I feel a hundred percent better. I have zero symptoms. Um, you know, I'm still left with a little bit of pain in my breasts from scar tissue because the incisions were so big and just so incredible that like, I still have some painful spots in my boobs, but you know, I don't feel like I'm dying and I've got energy and I can be a mom and do all the things that I like to do. So, you know, feeling pretty good now that they're, now that they're out. That's amazing. amazing. I'm so, I love the glow up after too, because I know for so many people, like, you know, the explant, some people, it's a good one. Some people like uh, Bella's, hers was a couple days versus when she got hers in, it was weeks of healing. Um, It's just so amazing, incredible what the human body does um, to that. But at the end, everyone's story, no matter what they got through is that they're living their best life. And, and if, and not even just that is that they're more aligned to what they should be doing, not what they should be doing, but what they feel like they should be doing. Um, their words are getting out They're helping other women, which is what most of your guys is like, you know, same stories. Like I've gone through this and I just want help women to feel better. So they don't feel like they need to go to any sort of extreme or put themselves at risk if they are at risk to do that because they're uniquely beautiful. And I think for myself, I'm like, I'm just going to work really, really hard to just try and accept myself because maybe that'll inspire other women to do that um, and save me some money. Cause I don't have $32,000. Um, yeah. And that's Brutal, exactly right? what I would need. Right. Um, so yeah, I just, I love this so much. So flipping into more of a pot, like it's all positive, but what, what advice would you have for women that are in the same? So we'll look at it this way. Advice for women that are wondering if it is women that are going through it and then women that are just kind of like in their post process of like any advice for women going through being sick or explant experience. That was the longest question I've ever asked in my life. So, yeah, I mean, advice really would be like, just trust your gut, right? Like if you feel like something is wrong, there's probably something wrong. So, you know, just trust your gut. That's a really big thing. Um, just love yourself. You're gorgeous the way you are. And, you know, there are steps that we can take, um, to feeling better about ourselves, you know, with health and nutrition and, and all of these things. Um, but your boobies do not define you. And if you feel like this is something that you need to change your life, um, you may love them. They are pretty, like, just like me, I did love them. They were pretty but it didn't change who I was. I was still just as fucking awesome as I was before I got them, you know? Um, so it really didn't change anything besides my perspective. And that was it. Um, so yeah. And if you're feeling sick and you have implants, you know, basically just trust your gut, uh, do your research. Um, and there's no tests out there to tell you if you have breast implant illness. Um, you just kind of have to go with what you know, there are many, many symptoms on that list. So, you know, if you feel some of them, just trust your gut and go with it and find somebody that find a doctor that is on board to have those real conversations, not somebody that is, you know, lying to you and telling you that these are going to be fine, because there still are a lot of those doctors that are still implanting without telling people. Even with an FDA black box now. Yeah. Like warning. But well, like the girl said, you don't see the boxes, right? It's not like they walk in and you're like, here's your box before surgery. It's like you sign off their documentation. You're not looking at that box and reading that. Even if you did, do you have time to read a 65 page document before you go into surgery? Probably no. Not. <laughs> Sorry, no, absolutely not. not. <laughs> and they're not, um, they're not telling you, you know, 
all the things that they should be telling you. Just like you said, there should be, you know, they should be referring them to somewhere that says like, look, this is what's happening to some people. These are some stories. These are some experiences, whatever. Like there, there needs to be something said about that. Um, because yeah, like if I would have known any of that, my God, there's no way I would have went through that. Um, Absolutely. And just because like, they can't scientifically say that that is like, um, always the cause of it. Like there is, there is a lot to be said about data being collected about people experience and that's never taken as anything worth it. And I'm like, what? These are real life experiences though. Just because your data in a study that you handpicked is okay. Doesn't mean it's okay. I want to see the whole picture. I want to know everybody's experience, not just, oh, out of, you know, oh, 100%. Well, how many people? Well, 20 people. Well, out of 20 people, 18 of those people are all making money off of breast implants. I don't really know if I trust that study saying that 90% of people agree with them, like not trying to be that way, but that, you know, I think the world is starting to understand that sometimes some of this data and all that, it can be very much skewed and cherry picked to paint a story that's not exactly a full story. And that kind of pulls them out of liability um, and makes it harder for you to make an informed decision. I feel like that's very universal kind of feeling right now. Well, totally. And and the funniest part is, is like, there's hundreds of thousands of women around the world that are experiencing the same thing. Like, don't tell me this is bullshit. Yeah, it's a lie. It's no, that's, but that's out of like billions of people. And you're like, hey, fuck off though. But like people in third world countries are getting breast implants. You know, we're talking about Western society here with that many people we're not talking world it is worldwide but you know what I mean like you don't get to all of a sudden put a billion people in when you know a whole billion of those people would never get breast implants but yeah right you see that all hundred thousand versus a billion but you're like no no it's more like a hundred thousand and like you know one million that's a fucking closer number of it happening and just it's a lot it's not, it's not there's no money there's no money to research this stuff so why would people research it the same thing with cannabis there's no research and looking at its medical abilities because big pharma can't, sorry, not, but like, you know, people don't make business. People don't make money off of cannabis as much as they do no. pharmaceuticals. So they're not going to put money into that research. Same with this kind of stuff. That's it's not sexy. It's not going to sell, you know, if no. anything, it's going against what is selling and people will crunch that. And I think people are waking up to this more and more. Um, unfortunately, sometimes it's with just dealing with it themselves, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's just unfortunate. Sometimes we all have to go through these experiences and it's like, no, we shouldn't have to, you should fucking tell me to begin with. Yeah. You should tell us to begin with. And, you know, I, I wasn't told that there was an option to make my boobs bigger. I wasn't told about fat transfer, mm, you know, right. like, there you go. I wasn't told that there was options to, you know, make my boobies bigger. I was told, yeah, here you go. This is what you need. This is the best. There was no options. Like that was my only way. And, you know, now that I've gone through this experience, I've found out about fat transfer and they take your fat from your own body and put it into your boobies and there's nothing toxic about it. Like, there was no options. There was no consent. There was no nothing. It was, here you go. This is going to save your life, make you happy, and you're going to be fine forever. Yeah. Sign the check. Goodbye. Thanks. Yeah. Don't exactly. call me if something happens. Oh, and they offered me Botox on my way out. I got a free <laughs> shot of Botox. I don't mean to laugh. I just, I didn't Did take you get the a Botox. Too? Did you get a I didn't take the donut? Botox. I was like, man, I'm like just turning 30. I don't need Botox. Like, get that shit. But literally, they were like, your breast implant company um, is giving you a complimentary shot of Botox on your way out. 
you know, oh my God. And we're going to talk about this in the next episode too. And our, one of our next ones coming up because we have a girl coming and talk about Botox illness, which I honestly didn't know was a thing. Like I kind of assumed because of this, like obviously someone do react. Um, but it was, I, so I, when I get into these uh, podcasts, I definitely like to do a little bit of research. So I found this podcast about this girl um, with a lawyer and he has sued um, it's the same place. What was the company called? Allergen? Allergen? Allergen, yeah. Allergen, yeah. So he sued them on a Botox level for tons of people that have um, gotten really sick from uh, Botox injections. And it was the exact same company that you just said that you're, I found that really interesting. Because when you said that at first, I was like, oh my God, is that the same place? And then when you said, oh, they offered yeah. me Botox, I'm like, yep, there is massive amount of lawsuits. He doesn't do it anymore. But I think he said he's had over 500 cases in the States, just him alone in a couple of years going yeah. against this company. And it was wild. And I'm going to bring it up to our guest about that because I, I just, again, never knew about it. Now I'm all of a sudden down this other rabbit hole. I'm like, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. You, you just want to punch people and you're like what do you mean free botox like cool fine whatever and same thing in your, in your 30s like i remember when we were growing up did you not can you not speak to this but like all those things were more like older like 50s 60s and now i've seen this advertisement like oh if you're at the end of your 20s you should probably start like getting botox now so yeah that it's all good for when you're older and i'm not judging i this is gonna sound terrible i'm not but it was just like if people want to do it because they want to do it, that's fine. But when you're being sold that idea that you need to, that's what bugs me. Yeah. Right. And I get it. People got to make a dollar, but like, ah, I just feel bad for natural type of uh, uh, people trying to accept that. It's, it's, it's a struggle. Well, to me, really, like I'm walking out the door. I just had a surgery. Um, my body is in major recovery mode right now. Offering me a free shot of Botox is like offering me a who to crack for the first time. Like, here you go. Just try it. See if you like it. You know, like it's just want not. You to come back. What's that? Yeah. So they just want you to come back. It's like, exactly. Like, so got the Canadian tire credit card. And you just like, well, I get money back. I'm like, that's how they bring you back in the store. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the whole thing was just kind of messed up. But I do want to go back for a quick second and just the advice for people that are wanting to to get these out that feel like they need to get them out. Yes. Make sure you do your research. Make sure the doctor that you go see is going to remove all of your capsule. Some doctors will tell you that you know, your body will absorb that capsule and it's fine. It'll, you know, you don't need to take it out. You 100% need to take it out because all of those toxins have leached into that capsule. And if you get those implants out without removing those capsules, you're going to be going back for another surgery. You're still going to feel sick. You're just going to be small boobs and still sick. Like, and probably being like, oh, this isn't what cured it. This wasn't yeah. it. And then probably even more upset with that. You let them go for a reason to be better and then you're not but that's not it's because and honestly I've read that a few times this one girl that I followed um she had her capsules left in I think for like three or four years um and it just caused so much havoc on her body and she was like it's 10 times worse than when the implants were and I was like I made a mistake I shouldn't have got these out this wasn't my problem and she's like and then I found out about because it was the same time like before BII was really talked about in the whole aspect it was just like this happens but then she's seen a surgery where it was like, she's like, what do you mean you got to get a capsule taken out? And then she went to another one. She's like, oh my God, I've been poisoning myself again for another three or four years and had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so bad. But now I feel like most doctors, like there's going to be some doctors that, you know, will still believe that, but it is coming out a lot more since I went on this journey. And so I feel like there are a lot more doctors readily available. 
to do this proper procedure and know what it's entailed and all of that kind of stuff. So I feel like, you know, people going through this journey now are so much better off than I was when I was doing this because I was like, had no fucking clue what I was doing and like nobody believed me. And it was like, I had to go to Costa Rica for fuck's sakes. Like, come on. That's, <laughs> that's insane. You want to go there for a vacation, <laughs> so, not to get your boobies out, you know, like, yeah, I mean, it's nice. But at the same time, you're like, could have been nice just to be in Canada and have the support. And I think for me too, is like having that community, right? There's nothing wrong, nothing worse than when people are like shouting something and you're just like, no, I'm not, I don't feel good. And then no one believes you. And you're just like, okay, like to what does my, like my opinion, my experience matters. That's why we wanted the show so much because it's like everyone's experience is their own and no one can be mad about that. Like it sucks. It sucks for people. It sucks if you are feeling that this is relatable and all that, but it's still important that these stories get out because even if it might upset some people in the sense, like, I don't want people to go through this if they don't have to. Right. Like, let's save the money. If you, if you want to throw 30,000 out, just give them to me and I will be your hep girl pipe girl. And I will just tell you how great your boobies look every single day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and that's one of the reasons why I feel like I need to tell people about it too. You know, I have people message me, you know, being a boudoir photographer, you know, saying they have a surgery for booked for at the end of the year and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, so like, I just wanted you to know, like, do you know about fat transfer? And like, you know, have you heard of BII? Because like, I just don't feel right not saying something like yeah. whether I know this person or not, I feel like it's my duty to pass on my story to people. And I try to do it in a very gentle manner because I don't want to make people feel like shit about it either. Um, but you know, just kind of, making it a thing, like being aware of, of what could happen and things like that so that they at least make that informed decision. Right. Yeah. Like and it's they just know. This is a conversation too. Right. It doesn't. And like I said, no, none of this is to like ever say anything to anyone, what you're choosing. I'm glad as everyone's aligned with themselves. But I think for me, my biggest like smack in the face over, especially at the beginning of my thirties is realizing a lot of things that I thought were true, thought were good, thought were all this. I've been really mind blown over the last five years and really have kind of opened up to the world that I thought it is isn't exactly what I thought it was not everyone has as many good intentions there are a lot of people that are just after money and corruption and I don't mean to sound like a negative Nancy I'm super positive but it's really important to be aware of that if you're a super positive person because you can get take advantage of and just think everything's good and no one's gonna do harm and then you're like oh shit oh shit also it's a harm (laughs) yeah so much harm I'm not prepared. I wasn't ready for this. I need to go back, you know? So it's just being equipped with everything because for myself, I think too, like, I just think even small stuff, like the fitness industry, let's just say, I love it, all of that. But I am done comparing myself to people that are putting cones in their butts for photos. Did you see that fucking one reel that went around where she put like an actual plastic cone over her buttock? So it's 10 times bigger. And I'm like, I'm done. Like, it's not real anymore. (laughs) This isn't real. And for the longest time, I'd be comparing myself thinking, okay, I'm not working hard enough. I'm not eating crap. And I'm like, yeah, you're not going to ever look like that girl because her her boob, her, her butt comes out. Like it's, you know, so that's just one of the things. I just don't want people to look at everyone and think you need to do all those things to be happy. And if you do, all the fucking power to you, but just know what you're getting yourself into so that you don't end up sick and almost dying because I love all of my people and I don't want anybody to die over boobies. 
Well, that's just it. And really anything that you do in life, just make sure you know what the fuck you're doing. You know, like uh, just having some informed consent is a beautiful thing. And, you know, I've talked to a couple of women that were like, you know, I've heard about BII and I've heard about some of the stories and whatever, but, you know, I think I'm going to be fine. I'm like, okay, like as long as you know, right, that's your choice. Um, None of us are ever going to look like that person we see on Insta because we can all eat the same thing. We can all do the exact same movements every single day and we're all still going to look different. So just love your damn self. Like that's all it really boils down to, right? Spending the time and the focus instead of what you don't have versus what you do have and surrounding your people that, you know, remind you of that and that are living authentically if that's how you want to live too, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the most important thing for me is like, I've said this piece of information. Now, you know, if something ever happens, then you know who you can come to, or you know, who where a safe space is, or, you know, you know, if you want to hear a different side of the story or the experience of this other page, I'm here to listen. I'm here to hold space, all that kind of stuff. It's never any judgment, just like, okay, this is how I feel, you know? Okay. So if this does happen, come talk to me, you know, or it's like, if you don't open that conversation, they could be suffering in silence this whole time. Meanwhile, you know, something that could help their suffering. You know what I mean? That's kind of what we wanted to do on the show. Uh, so before we jump off today, girl, is there anything else that we could touch on for BII? Do you feel like we kind of encaptured your story and what you wanted to bring to the show today? Um, yeah, there's just one more thing that I think yeah. is super important. Um, you know, the type of implants is like there's, you know, the gel silicone or whatever. And then there's the saline. And a lot of women think that these saline are safer because they're saline. And um I just want to make that super clear that like none of these implants, your body doesn't like any of them. Um, so what, what apparently is being told to women now, um, is to get saline implants because they have saline in them. And so it's safer. Um, but what's actually happening with these saline implants is that, body your body fluid moves in and out of those implants so anything that's inside of the implant is going into your body and anything your body fluid is going inside of the implants so what's happening is now you're getting mold inside of your implants and there's mold toxicity that you now have to worry about so literally there is not one single type of safe implants none of them are safe um, your body is going to attack them regardless. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, so I just found it kind of, kind of comical, I guess, in a sense that, you know, doctors are now telling people that, you know, like these are the safe ones and they're letting people know that this transmission is happening between the implants and the body fluid. Um, but they're still not bringing up breast implant illness. Right. So they are, I think they are getting a smidge better. Um, but never told that those capsules are formed in 30 days, never told that, you know, like I was told that these gel silicone implants would be amazing, that they would never leak. There is silicone missing from one of my implants. There's no holes, there's no ruptures, hundred percent intact, but there is silicone missing. So when my doctor took that video, you could see the silicone that he was pulling out of my capsule. It was insane. So thank God he did M block capsulectomy because otherwise that would have went into my body. Right. So just this whole thing is really terrifying to me that these people that we're supposed to trust and these people that we give our lives to and look to for advice are still deceiving us all to make a buck. Um, It's terrifying to me. And the thing Uh, is, it's like, you could tell like, oh, these are the things that are going to happen. But 
what does that mean when it happens to your body? I don't think people understand that. So be like, oh yeah, this could potentially happen. But if you're not explaining what the consequence of that is, then people are like, okay. You yeah. know, you're like, oh, it's like surgery. You're like, okay. But what yeah, does that mean? Fine. Does that mean I might not be able to wake up? Does that mean I might see, you know, and I'm not saying that extreme, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's great that you're saying that, but you're not explaining what, like what the actual risks of the, con- like the consequences of those risks are. You're just like, these are the risks. And, and the like, long-term okay. risks, right? Yes. Like the long-term stuff. Like where, Nobody why cares don't about we, that these days. Why don't we care about that? <laughs> like no, what, what the fuck? Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's a, so it's a really problem. So we don't need to talk yeah, about it today. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, unless you want to throw another, you know, 10 to 20 grand at your boobies again, then cool. Yeah. But I will say there are procedures that women can do now. And I'm, you know, every time I talk to people about this and warn people about it, I understand wanting to have my boobies fixed. I was there. I was one of those yeah. people. Um, but there are other ways to go around it where you don't have to poison your body. Fat transfer yeah. is very popular now, obviously, because BII is out. Um, so now, you know, doctors have found a new way to make money to fix your boobies. So <laughs> if you're one of those people that really just need to fix your boobies, please don't get implants. Just look at fat transfer. There's other alternatives I wish I would have known about. Reconstructive and- surgery too. Like I know a lot of women say like their boobs drop after and that's what bugs them a lot. And then kids you not like, I'm like, then like, can we just lift them? Yeah, you, know? you can. Like, totally. Right? I'm, yeah. I, like ever there are, but I feel like there is, like you said, other surgeries that aren't, it's not necessarily, I think the surgery and the modification to the body, it's putting something ulterior inside of your body. Even people that get like metal stuff in their body sometimes reacts when it's like literally to like hold their knees together. You know, yeah. it's not uncommon for nope. your body to be like, fuck no, this is not supposed to be here. hundred percent. It, isn't it, it does happen. Isn't yeah. it beautiful that your body is like, no, thank you. This is going to make you sick. I think that's beautiful. Like I started looking at my body signals and pain and when things happen on my body and it's like, it's starting to like shit out on me or whatever. I ha- instead of being like mad about it, I started being like, what are you trying to tell me? Yeah. Like, what's exactly. it? Lassie is the boy in the well. Like what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you need? It's fucking yeah. kale, isn't it? You need kale. I knew it. No, I'm just kidding. But you yeah. Know, looking yeah. at your body as like, it's working with you to tell you, you can't talk. This is how it's talking to you. And, it, and, but we always look at it. It's like such a negative thing and it's like, it sucks. And it's uncomfortable, but like, listen to it or try to figure out what it's saying to you. Cause it's trying to save your fucking life. Yeah. hundred percent. It's trying to survive. Right? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, that's all that? that's all it's trying to do is yeah. trying to save you. That's it. Yes. And I agree. Like if you're looking for, all, like you said, if you need to, I'm all for everyone feeling good. That's all I've ever searched for myself. So I get it Yeah. for me. I'm looking for more natural stuff. Like I started, uh, I bought, I bought a couple like facial cups and stuff to work with wrinkles. And like, I'm not saying it's all going to work, but I'm like, let's try some like natural alternatives, you know, to see if, you know, I'm not saying that my wrinkles don't bug me or they do, but I'm like, okay, but I know I don't want to have the, you know, the medical procedures to do that. It's just not in line with what I'm trying to do. So what are natural things that I could do? Well, maybe, you know, drink water. That's a start. That's a big um, one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like, I've got these like facial cuppings and, you know, working on massaging and like things like that. And if it doesn't work, then that's okay too. It's not um, going to hurt you though, right? So, exactly. And yeah. that's where I'm kind of at. Like, as long as it doesn't hurt you because our core health, our bodies, like with their temples, I know we've all treated them like frat houses over the last couple of years. That's fun. When you start getting in your thirties and your mid thirties, you kind of have to stop doing that. Yeah. Uh, totally. It's, it's, it doesn't work that way. So um, thank you so much again, Danielle, for coming on the show for your first time. Welcome to the podcast addiction. Um, I hope we portrayed your story exactly like you wanted to come out. I've learned so much today. Thank you so much. Um, any other final words or advice for women either besides love themselves? So important. Just, just love yourself. You're beautiful. Just the way you are.
You are. And if you're in the Port Alberni or Island area, I'm just going to throw it out there as soon as I can actually travel down, which I was going to try to come down for Christmas. And I'm so excited. But then with the roads, I'm like, okay, no. Um, but next time I come down, you're going to, sh- I've, I've honestly never done a real boudoir photo shoot. I've always taken them. So anyways, guys, Vic, uh, not Victoria, Vancouver Island, Danielle, top photographer there. I found girl all the time. Um, and I can't wait. So if you guys are in the area, make sure you reach out. I'm sure you're booking um, like crazy, but uh, I do see things pop up here and there. So make sure you guys follow her on her page. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. All right, guys, that wraps it up for our episode on BII. I hope you guys love that as much as I do. I hope you feel some inspiration and uh, have a bunch of tools now in your box. That sounds weird. Tools in your box, sexually. Um, anyways, get out of your head out of the gutter. I hope you have more mental tools, knowledge to equip yourself. If something is happening to you, reach out to Danielle, Bella, me, Kayla. All of us are here. There's a huge group here to support you guys in anything that you need. As always, follow us on show. Oh, fuck. Follow us on social media. Make sure you're following us on Spotify and Apple for notifications for episode drops. Until next time, guys. Bye. Thank you guys so much for stopping by today. We appreciate you so, so much. If you like this episode and you want to hear more or be updated with episode drops, please make sure to send us some love on our Instagram page, the Be Real Babe podcast. Give us a follow and stay tuned for more realness coming to you next week. Until next time, babes.